Uh, good to see you, Chris Law. I don't I, defend. Me, don't defend it. Just read the tweet. Let's just put it this way: pronounce. Trappist monks would not tweet about <laughs> farting on a plane. <laughs> Dude, he said he's going. He got his tickets. Look, he got his tickets this to the Penn State game in Ireland next. And he tweets out, "UK, UK here, here I come. come." I need to go. That the Champs Elysees, or as Chris might call it, the Champs Elysees. Good to see you, Chris Brockman. Why are you guys giving me a hard time about this? Because you're winging it. Well, it, uh, this whole show is winging. You're it. laying it up. Chris Brockman asked Michael Crabtree if he was going to ask to see his Super Bowl ring of Anquan Bolden. And Jerry Rice is laughing. Well, for the record, hold on a minute. For the record, he's laughing. But the name of the bottle of wine, the label was Menage a Trois. (laughs) Which was incredible. He pops the bottle of wine on the table between my wife and (laughs) mother-in-law. Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us. I'm Richard Eisen. I don't download many podcasts. But when I do, I prefer the Rich Eisen Podcast. Here's your host, Rich Eisen. Ah, yes. Welcome to another edition of the Rich Eisen Podcast with an open from a listener. Chad in Washington. Chad in Washington. With the open of this show, mid-April. Less than a month to go before the 2014 National Football League Draft in Radio City Music Hall, which we'll be talking about at length on this show with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks of NFL Media fame. Yes, the two of them together. We will have in our studio the uh, star of A Haunted House 2 coming to a theater near you this weekend. Marlon Wayans will be here in studio. And then uh, the program will finish up with an old friend of the program, whose new program that he told us about when he was last on the show in January, Colin Hanks, one of the many named stars of the show Fargo, which debuts tonight, Tuesday, Tax Day, April 15th, on FX at 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Colin will be in studio to also help us wade through the final entries of our listener open contest that so far has been uh, won in part by Chad in Washington. Well, he, he's won by playing to our ego. <laughs> yes, <laughs> by putting a Chris Brockman, Chris Law right. open together. But that was a fun that open fun. of yeah, just really us fun. being really complete fun. idiots. Just right. complete morons, which it's, is great. So great. we'll play that open again for Colin later, and then there's another one from the state of Washington, too, that we liked last yeah, week, correct? Yeah, uh, Chris, Chris Fry, who uh, sent me an email afterwards and said he's actually buddies with Chad. They're, they're friends. Oh. So they, they, oh. they both had uh, Dueling open. Uh, there we go. Yeah. So yeah, he, a double shot of, uh, of Washington State. I think uh, Chris, I like it. Chris claimed that he turned Chad on to it. Listen, Eisen podcast. 2014 is all about the state of Washington and the true. National Football League. The, the the hub of our league is up there in the Pacific Northwest and our, our listeners with an, a panache for editing. <laughs> Clearly are, are following suit. Um, so we've got a fun show here. Uh, again, we're taping it on tax day. Um, and uh, the latest tweet from Chris Law uh, sent out Monday night. What did you say? Retweet if you're on if you're currently doing your taxes. I think it was something along retweet if you're currently filing your taxes online and in your underwear, which 
I mean, we, I, 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 which I retweeted, I think, with the comment of so very proud of you. <laughs> yeah. Well, Brockman had just well, replied I, I just wrote before and said, that. This was me yesterday. Look, <laughs> we're men of the people. We know what people are doing. Why, I mean, listen, you're a man of the people. You do your own taxes. That's fine. Right. But no. what, what's with the underwear part? Well, you what's know, with you're the, at your computer late at night, and then you're just in your... Uh, not, I, not, I, I was appropriately dressed doing mine while watching the Masters. Oh, well, see. I, I waited for, for dusk and then uh, sat at my computer while watching television to the side and did my taxes. Okay, very good. So, well, I have a wife and three children. I had, I had a, a tax professional prepare <laughs> yeah. my... Yeah, you have dependents and holding and real estate. We don't have. Yeah, yeah. I, I got have, lots going on. I don't have any of that. <laughs> yeah, you're just simp- simple uh, men. Simple with uh, with w, underwear. One W two, and we're rock, rocking and rolling. All I need <laughs> is a DSL connection and tidy whities. <laughs> Was I half correct? Walter, Walter White style tidy whities? Uh, no, no bo- boxer briefs. Come on, guys. All right, I think we're Jesus. done planting the image in our in the heads of our listeners. We've got a fun show in store for you today. Again, uh, Colin Hanks. And uh, Marlon Wayans in studio. You're going to have to leave right now, I believe, Chris Brockman. You're, you're, what show are you on today? I'm on double duty today. I'm working Path to the Draft with, uh, with Daniel. So. And David Carr is on that program? Derek or? Carr. De- Derek Carr is on that program. Yeah. How Derek many times, by the way, I guarantee you I'm going to do that during the draft yeah. coverage. Derek I Carr. I guarantee you I'm going to call Derek Carr. David Carr. Derek Carr is going on, to happen on Path, and he also did a podcast with. Uh, he's on the College Football Twenty Four Seven podcast with uh, Bucky and DJ as well. Oh, um, so that that that's so they're doing double of, duty too. Yeah, exactly. So basically, what we're swapping out is you've got to go ahead to the edit bay for Path back to the to Draft, work, yeah. and before they're going to the meeting, the show meeting for Path to the Draft, we're getting Bucky Brooks and Daniel Jeremiah. Is that how you've run the trains? That is, is train two for, trains two on for track one here. trade. Does that mean I'm worth? A Bucky and a DJ? Yeah, I'll take yeah. that. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll back that play. Thanks, yeah. Rich. Yeah. Appreciate it. I'll back that play. Two for one Before trip. I let you go, how did uh, how did losing three or four in the Bronx taste? How it's did that a, taste? How a, did that taste to well, start things off? Well, should I go back and read your taunting text messages oh, from yeah. the weekend? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Please do. I mean. How did that taste? It's fine. It's, it's a, a different year. I told you. April Red Sox Rich. offense is in trouble. I told you that from I did I I texted that to you opening day did I not opening day you said that and then when we were golfing I, you talked even more and then I said if this goes on for a few more months then I'll get into real panic mode right now I'm just semi worried and we're also taping this on the day of the one year anniversary remembrance of the Boston Marathon yes uh, we are all Boston strong uh, the Patriots I retweeted something the Patriots sent out that we're all we're all one team they sent out and it was a shot of the of the, uh, I guess, the masses at the marathon uh, with the logos of all four Boston teams. Yeah, I'm going to catch the uh, bottom. E, I think E60, they're doing a, an hour special, and they got Aerosmith. They got Steven Tyler and Joe Perry to re-sing Dream On, and uh, it's the, the title of the show is Dream no On. No kidding. So going to have to catch yeah. that tonight at some point. Yeah, yeah so, um, you know, all our thoughts are, are out there with uh, – with the folks in the Northeast Definitely. as well. So let's get to this program. You've got to go to PATH, to the draft. I will. I'll be, okay. ba- I'll be back. Meanwhile, we've got two guys who are on the show uh, coming in. Well, let's get to the, the news of the day, and that obviously involves the NFL draft, which normally we would be getting ready for to head to New York City next week. 
Instead, we've got to wait almost darn near another month. And scouts everywhere are very happy about that. <laughs> no, not at all. May- Mayock's pissed because that means it's two weeks later that he has to get his Marion tea time this, this time of year. But uh, two, two, uh, two of the best that uh, the NFL media throws out there and we have to offer, and uh, guys who are in the know, guys who are mocking their heads off, are um, in uh, studio right now, uh, DJ Daniel Jeremiah. Good to see you, sir, Good once again you, on Rich. the show. And Bucky, I believe this is your first first time. I'm a newbie. Podcast foray. Bucky Brooks is here as well. The two of you guys together. Thanks for for coming on and and doing this. I no, appreciate it's great. That. I'm excited about it. Good, terrific. Um, let's get to the the clowniness of it all. What do we make of 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 Clowney not working out privately, or as Ian Rappaport said he's going to do one drill that takes three to five minutes, and he's only going to do it because he doesn't. He, he he's not fearful of blowing anything out doing it. What what Bucky? What do we make of of this with Clowney? Oh, I mean, I think it's much ado about nothing. I think when you're sitting where he is at the top of the board, and everyone kind of knows he's not going to fall out of the top five. I think he has the leverage to kind of set those terms. Right. He worked out at the combine. He worked out at his pro day. Yes, you would like to see him work out at a private workout, but based on what he kind of alluded to with Brandon Thomas blowing his ACL, I do understand why you would probably kind of decline having another invitation to work out at other proper workouts. But didn't the Browns basically say we're, we, we didn't go to his pro day because we want to – we're going to have Whoops. him in privately. Whoops. So now <laughs> they but, – but, I mean, here – He's not going to be around at four anyway, right? I mean, so they'd have to trade. They'd have to trade up to get a guy whose tires they haven't personally kicked on the field. I imagine interviewing him—that's something that they've already done. Yeah, right? a- absolutely, I mean, absolutely, Rich. But w- going back to, you know, is it a big deal him not working out? I've been with teams where we picked in the twenties, yeah. And you're trying to convince a guy that's projected to be a top ten pick to come work out, and he's like, "I've already worked out with twelve teams. You picked twenty sixth. <laughs> I mean, I, I just don't want to go through that. And this is the same exact scenario. So it's not like people sometimes act like Jadavian Clowney's the first guy that's ever refused any of this. But stuff. it plays into the narrative that everybody's been thrown out there that he's not a his he's work not ethic, a competitor, right? That yeah. his work ethic is not what it needs to be if you're going to be using the first overall pick on him. Yeah, I, I guess you could say that, but then I would turn it back around and say, well, he worked out at the combine, most big-time guys. Did he work out at the combine? I mean, he, he, ran, ran, he, ran, he, ran, he ran, ran, ran at the combine. <laughs> he did the drills. He did the pro day workout. Like, in my mind, he's kind of put his words on display for the world to see. Now, we can nitpick him for not doing the private workouts and not doing some of those things, but really, if I'm Jadavian Clowney, look, you have three years' worth of tape. I've all put all of the numbers in the combine and the pro day workouts. Mm-hmm. What else do I really need to show? Either you like it or you don't. I think it's one of those things where in football, maybe we're not used to having people decline private workouts. Right. But in basketball, it happens all the time. Well, as a Michigan guy, you know I, I know what Clowney can do. As a, <laughs> and, and many people think after he blew up Vincent Smith, that was, that was it for him. That was basically saying, this NFL Closing team statement. is what I can do. Even though I had a whole full other year that the NFL's rules are forcing me to go through. And the combine, I remember, you know, he ran the lights out of the place and then showed up with his uh, sweatshirt on. And I think we sent Willie McGinnis there to talk to him on live on our, our, our network. He said, yeah, I'm going to do I'm going to I'm going to work out. And then the, the drills go and he's not moving. And then it's like, well, I, I, I'm, you know, hip flexor. I flex, think, right? His hip flexor was an tight. issue. He says tight. And then he did the vertex and, <laughs> and darn near touched the banners that hang from 
from the Raptors, right? So, and then he went on on live. I don't know if were, were you on okay, the yeah, set? Yeah, he came on the set with us. Yeah, and 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 I know you 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 had him on live too, right? Uh, uh, down on the field, yeah, somewhere down, right? Somewhere down on the field, yes. right? So at any rate, and then he comes on, and we you're mentioning, hey, D Ford is calling you out, and he barely yeah. shows a pulse, yeah. right? And so I'm trying to get all a, a, a grasp on whether if I'm the Texans, I take him number one overall, just from all of that, and then he has a great pro day, won't work out privately. You are the Houston Texans. What do you do, Bucky? Oh, I'm taking Jadavian Clowney. We're no question. Even, without question, just because of, you know, it's very similar to when I was with Carolina and we had Julius Peppers. He's a bit of an enigma just because what everyone on the outside wants him to be, personality-wise, he may not be that. But when you look at the talent, and the tools and the disruptive plays that he brings to the table, it's hard to bypass that. And when you're sitting number one and we're talking about knocking out of the park, you want to hit a home run? Well, he has all the tools that you're looking for to be a home run hitter. You can nitpick him and say, oh, I'll bypass and I'll take someone else. But who else has as high of a ceiling as he does in this draft? I don't think anyone. And and putting him in the same meeting room as J.J. Watt is not a bad thing to do at all, certainly on the same line as him. And, you know, you've got to go hunt Andrew Luck for the next decade and a half, perhaps, within that division. That that, that makes sense. Would you agree with that sentiment? Yeah, I do. It, and I think when you look at it, Rich, you just say, okay, everybody wants every player to get to 100% of their potential. So maybe if we even agree, okay, with some of the work ethic things we talked about, Clowney doesn't get to that mark. If he gets to 70 He's better than anybody else in this draft no class. No kidding. Is th- I just think that's wh- how rare he is. Do you guys, like, with someone like Clowney not doing any more workouts, is this an agent, 100% an agent thing, or do you think he at some point is saying this too? Because as, as scouts what is, dealing what it, with that. What does it matter? Well, I think it matters a little bit if, if, if he is turning down the chance to compete further. Or, or he's listening to an A. Either, either yeah. way, he's not doing it. I've been in, I've been in a room with Ozzie Newsome when a player's come in there and said, I'm not gonna, in, in, in Indy at the work, in the uh, interview rooms at night, mm-hmm. I'm not going to work out tomorrow. Uh, why aren't you going to work out? My agent told me not to. He goes, so wait, the agent works for you, right? You don't work for the agent. Why don't you tell the agent you're going to work out? He works for you. Uh, uh, so I, I don't ever put any stock into an agent's told me to do this, that, or the other. You're in charge. If you want to work out, you work out. He didn't want to work out. Mm. Yeah. And so, 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 what does Les Snead think of that? Because I know he'd probably like to put Clowney oh, man. on the same that? line as Quinn and Long and and, and Brockers ain't bad either. Right now, he's right. Yeah. And and those are four guys who could definitely, let's say, contain if not chase Colin Kaepernick and Russell Wilson, which he has to do within that division. What does Les Snead think? of Clowney going number one if that happens, Bucky? Well, I mean, I think obviously he's sitting there at number two and he's hoping that for whatever reason the Houston Texans bypass him because when you have an opportunity to grab these rare talents and you add talented players to your roster, you never can go wrong because even if they have a surplus of defensive ends, at the end of the day, if you want to jettison one of those guys to pick up something that you need later, you have that opportunity. And so – at Carolina, we went to the Super Bowl with a, a D-line that, you know, Julius Peppers, Chris Jenkins, Brinson Buckner, Brinson Buckner. Rucker. and Mike, Mike Rucker. Buck, yeah, the Buck and, and Ruck. those guys masked so many other deficiencies that we had in the back end, but because we could get after the pass and we could stop the run, we didn't have to blitz, it allowed us to be a dominant team. I think everyone would like to be a team that's like that, even the Seattle Seahawks when they won last year. A lot of the attention went to their back end, but because they could rush four and just sit back and drop 
seven guys in the coverage, that's why they're able to dominate and beat people. Well, I guess I'm going to be able to ask Les this question. I'm breaking news to you, uh, Law. I've booked uh, Les Snead for next Monday. Mr. Kara Henderson's so, coming back on. Yes, <laughs> Mr. Kara Henderson, as as he's known around these parts. Yes. I don't know, you know, but uh, he's coming. best here in the league? No, there's no question. Yeah. No, no I mean, any close second? Um... Dimitrov's got some pretty good hair. Well, he's spiky. Yeah. He's, he's a lot of product. He's the spiky. <laughs> he's the spiky GM. He's the spiky. Uh, uh, let, don't Les has got some product up there. Don't forget. Did he admit to that? Did he go on uh, record. I don't know. Maybe we'll get him on the record. Well, he next did week. have a Twitter handle like Les needs hair. Yeah, that's not his. That's not his. <laughs> not but his, but there somebody is one made that one. created. But we'll ask Les this next week. But wouldn't Les be also doing a f- little bit of cartwheels in the fact that his phone will be ringing off the hook? for somebody that might have fallen in love with Johnny Manziel and is concerned that he would be gone at Jacksonville at three or Bridgewater or somebody because that three, four, five, that's Portals. the quarterback needy teams going back to back to back. Wouldn't wouldn't that be something? If Clowney goes one, that means every quarterback's available to be taken at two. Yeah, I think you, you look at the perfect scenario for them is if Cleveland is in love with Manziel. If Cleveland's in love with Manziel, then you get the best of both worlds. You trade back, but you only have to go back to four. Get a little extra. You're still going to get the player you want. Probably, you know, if you want Greg Robinson in your St. Louis, you, you get him right there at four, get a little something extra. I wouldn't even rule out move back to four. And then if somebody wants to come up for Mac, who they view as kind of that next pass rusher, maybe you could even go back to six with Atlanta if you talk them into coming up to get him if they were concerned. So I think St. Louis is an interesting spot. I think that's that's where the whole the whole thing goes, that second overall pick. I'll, I'll be surprised if they end up holding that pick. Because they also hold the 13th. They have exactly. the second and 13th. Overall. What do you think, Bucky? No, I mean, I think they're the linchpin to the draft, depending upon the approach that they choose to take at number two, whether they stand pat and take whoever's the top talent at the board at that time, or if they move back and continue to kind of play the draft game, where they trade, continue to accumulate picks, and still walk away with multiple blue-chip talents when they pick and the 13th pick. I think they really hold all the cards as it comes to this draft. The best draft you guys have seen in how long? I At mean, certain positions. I mean, edge rusher, not so much. Inside linebacker, not so much. So I think we've kind of gone on and said, you know, this is the deepest draft. I've had a GM from a team that needs both an edge rusher and inside linebacker. It's like, well, you guys stop saying this is the deepest draft. We've got nobody to pick at those spots. But you need a receiver, a corner. You know, you've got plenty. Tackles is pretty deep. So I think it's deep at certain positions, but I don't think – when we just say it's just loaded across the board, I don't think it's it's quite as advertised. I think the reason we put that narrative on is because it's sexy. Like, there are names that we know. We know the wide receivers. We understand the Johnny Menzel factor. We're more familiar with these guys than we have been in recent years because it's really not exciting to talk about it. Eric Fisher and Luke Joker, which one is going to go Tell first. Tell me about it. I had to you know do that I mean? all last year. You, know, you, want, you want to talk about guys who, I mean, let's be honest, that can impact fantasy football. And so with so much of this NFL fan base being strong proponents of fantasy football, now we have the opportunity to talk about those guys that directly impact them and their fortunes. So how does this quarterback stuff play out? Because this past week we're hearing all sorts of stuff. Didn't – one of you guys do a mock where no quarterbacks yeah, but I was, playing, I was playing that was just I, was doing a, okay. I was doing an exercise yeah, to see like if we were able to stick to the premise where we talked about best player available. And there's so many question marks about the quarterbacks. Well, if we really stuck to the premise of I'm going to take the best available player, a lot of those teams, particularly at the top, would elect to go with a position player as opposed to a quarterback. And when you get to pick 11, I believe if the quarterbacks haven't been selected by pick 11, they're likely to have a, a, a deep fall in the draft because all the teams below that, they don't have a pressing need 
for a quarterback. So a lot of where people go depends on, you know, supply, demand, and also the How need. realistic, though, was that? Oh, How, unreal, probably you, unrealistic. You don't like, think there's only, any – that, that no quarterbacks will go? I think at least one quarterback will I mean, go in the first round. To, don't you think? Johnny Manziel is going to go in the first round. You have I think four he's still going to go in your mock, and you're yeah. 5.0, right? Yeah. I, I think Manziel – 5.0. I think, oh, it's brutal. <laughs> I can't even keep track The, the of best this. part about it is, Rich, is that when somebody gives you crap about your mock draft, you're like, dude, just – Three days, man. We'll have another one. I know. Yeah, like that yeah, one. I know. Who, who, who really cares? But I think people can't get enough of what you guys think, They can't get enough. Think, and I think, I think the funny thing about mock drafts are mock drafts are not necessarily my opinion on a player, but it's an exercise where you're trying to connect the dots on this player fits this team at this spot. Mm-hmm. I may not agree, but it's like I think I put Blake Borders with the Oakland Raiders. I'm not a huge Blake Bortles fan. Why? You, Why? Let me stop you right there. Well, I think he's a developmental prospect. I think when you look at what he's done in comparison to Teddy Bridgewater and Johnny Menzel on the paper, you wouldn't take Blake Bortles over top of those two guys because those two guys in games have shown the ability to be big-time players. I think Blake Bortles is a nice prospect because he has the, the size, speed, strength combination that you look for. He looks like the prototypical guy. But if we went back and really tracked what people were saying in the fall, there was no one that was saying Blake Borders was a franchise quarterback well, wouldn't in the fall. Ba- wouldn't Baylor fans say, you know, they've... they've Actually, when you go back and look at that game, like, uh, he had two interceptions, two touchdowns. The two touchdowns came off of bubble screens to his receivers that went 60 yards. All right. He didn't play great in that game. I think there's a fascination about Blake Borders because he looks the part. And I don't want to say that Blake Borders is Blaine Gabbert, but it reminds me of the Blaine Gabbert conversation. We... Pick a guy on our side that we want to make a franchise quarterback because we're not in love with the other guys, and we kind of ride the crest of momentum. I think he's kind of in that category. So then finish your statement. You said you put Bortles with the Raiders. I put Bortles with the Raiders, but I don't believe that he's the fifth best player in this draft. It's just the Raiders need a quarterback. I could see them maybe saying that this is going to be my quarterback of the future because I have Matt Schaub in place. He could be a developmental guy for a year and take over as the starter next year. That is why. But it's not because I'm a huge fan of Blake Borders. He loves Blake. He loves him. He's a transcendent star. But how can – how if, if this thing breaks, okay, where where uh, Clowney goes one and Les Snead takes, takes somebody at two and it's not a quarterback. Mm-hmm. And every quarterback's available for Jacksonville at three. And you're Jacksonville. And you need a quarterback, no question. You need a spark. You need something. I mean, because of the way everybody views Jacksonville. You guys saw draft day? You I haven't seen it yet. You haven't seen it yet? I haven't seen it yet. Okay, I'll just tell you, and, and I'm not going to tell any tales out of school that, that's going to ruin anything. No spoilers. But, uh, but actually, this is a little bit of a spoiler. <laughs> I'll give a little bit of a spoiler. When the draft is hits in draft day and the clock is ticking down and Kevin Costner needs to find uh, the most needy or nervous new GM to try and go fleece, Sonny Weaver Jr., let's keep it in character. Right, okay. They say, Jacksonville's. And you cut to the Jacksonville war room. And the look on the GM's <laughs> face. My wife and I looked at each other. We all look at each other. We're like, poor Jacksonville. Like, even, <laughs> even dumped in, on in the movie. Even in Hollywood, right? Even in the, the, the Hollywood take on this. So you're sitting there at three. And, and Johnny freaking Manziel is, how do you not take him? How do you not take him and uh, throw him into this mix and bring electricity? You want to be on national TV? You want to play on national TV? Well, You're that, guaranteed to be on national TV. Well, if I'm that inclined happens. to think that Jacksonville takes him. And the reason I'm inclined to believe that 
he's a better fit in Jacksonville than other places is. You have Gus Bradley, who is a defensive-minded head coach. He comes from a defensive background. So the way he looks at the quarterback position is different than an offensive-minded guy. The athleticism that Johnny brings to the table, the improvisational skills that he brings to the table, from a defensive standpoint, that is tough to defend. It's a headache dealing with guys that run around and extend plays. Secondly, he's an energy guy. He comes from the Pete Carroll School, being in Seattle. Yes. It's all about buzz and energy and creating an atmosphere. Where Johnny Menzel plays to that, just think about what his pro day was. The music playing, the way that he played to the Well, the Mike crowd, Zimmer loved it. All of that. <laughs> Zim stuff. loved yeah. it. But like, think, Zim loved so it. Think I about hope that. he goes there. The old school loved it. Think about that. And then this is a franchise that is really devoid of an identity. You bring Johnny Menzel in there. You now have, you talked about national intrigue, the ability to get on primetime. You make the franchise relevant. I think that all has to play into the mix when you're looking at him. I had them. I think I have them. Law, do I have them taking the Manziel in that latest mock draft? I, in you your late, up. Yeah, I got it up here, right here. You have uh, you have Manziel. Oh, you don't. Let me see here. He's going to – I'm telling you right now. You have him going to Jacksonville. Yeah, three overall to Jacksonville. I've got Jacksonville in the in the, the Tuesday mock draft. Yeah, the big right? mock draft show Tuesday. <laughs> there you go. You lock it in and rip the knob off right now. If he's somehow sitting there um, in, in the mock, it's over. I mean, how do you not well, the, do that? I can do devil. I'll do devil's advocate. Please right go here. ahead because right. I, I want to know where we stand. Because man, have we talked all college season long? Even last summer, we were talking about it mm-hmm. about Manzel at Manning's passing camp, sort of maybe being hungover or not. Uh-huh. We've read about that ESPN the magazine story and him doing stuff that was clearly of a professional mindset at the collegiate level. All of that stuff, the money sign, which clearly a lot of people, including myself, didn't know he did that every time. But all of that said, okay, I, I fully admit that I'm not completely locked in and well-versed. But you hear all that. Now it's time. This is it now. Johnny F. Do you – is this part of the devil's advocacy? Well, I'm going to give you Johnny the devil's Manziel, advocacy. Or, we, or is – where scouts already look past this whole thing. No, I think I think scouts are pretty comfortable with him in terms of that, in terms of off the field stuff. They feel like he's he's done a good job of convincing people he's dialed in now, he's grown up and he's focused and and they feel comfortable putting him on the board. I heard his interviews were, were excellent. So thirty two on the Wonderlick. Yeah, the big thirty two on the Wonderlick. <laughs> hey, I got a thirty six, that ain't easy. <laughs> exactly. No, yeah. I gave it to my wife, by the way. Um no 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 this is this is it this is not a f- the, you can't say yeah I gave my I'm, not gonna tell you, I'm not going to tell you what she got. I'm not going to tell you what she got, but here was the plan, Rich. You I better said, be meaning the test. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Listen Go up. for it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, hey, hey. We're that made we're me, if I was behind the wheel of a car, I would have just driven off the road. <laughs> now have I'm an sorry. explicit rating I, on I, Well, yeah, there's no way to say <laughs> that. I, I was going to say I administered the Wonderlick test, but hey, that now. doesn't sound no, any better you, either. You must, actually. Please, go ahead. So I had my wife take the Wonderlick test. And she scored high enough on it that she's like, "All right, you're." I was like, "I'm not taking that. It's not There's easy. No chance." So, so what's the devil's advocacy? On, so, devil's on advocacy that? is we talked about Gus Bradley and him fitting in with what Gus Bradley does. But Dave Caldwell, the general manager, has the juice there. Dave Caldwell comes from Peyton Manning, comes from Matt Ryan. That's the two quarterbacks he's been mm-hmm. around. Could you be any more polar opposite than those two? And Johnny Manziel, in terms of what he might view as a franchise type quarterback, a cornerstone player. 
I mean, so I don't know that he fits perfectly into Dave Caldwell's thinking there. And Dave Caldwell also has a little more of that best player available. So I, I sit there and First say, okay, you take GM too, right? second year, second year, second year as a GM. 39. And you're, I mean, you're hitching, you're, you're hitching your wagon to Johnny Manziel. I'm just saying there could be part of that, you know, Boy, it, going Cle- into the process. Cleveland fans are rooting for David Caldwell <laughs> to win out. Sean uh, I mean, seats. seriously, well, let's not kid each other. Yeah. And, and, and Manziel, if he winds up in Oakland, that's perfect. I mean, that's perfect. perfect that would be absolutely perfect. The fan base would go nuts about it. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Nike would be stoked. Maybe he'd be just a South, he'd just be in their South He's backyard. selling his black jerseys from his pro day. Just they were slap up like a Raider logo minutes. on that thing. Just right. everything. 30 minutes after his uh, pro day was oh, over. Oh, my Lord. They had the lineup on Nike.com. Wow. This is what it's going to be all about. It's I mean, May, May 8th. And that's just, we, we just went through the only the first three picks when it all comes down to it. <laughs> So, when it, last question for you. All three quarterbacks go in the top what? I'll say As two. I'll, here. I'll say two go in the top ten, and one of them is going to slide. Which one's the one that slides in your I mind? I think Bridgewater's going to slide. What about you, Bucky? I think I have it the same way. I think just um, for Why? whatever reason. I just think Bridgewater. I think when you th- in this process, coaches are only exposed to the players once the regular season ends, the NFL season. So, the first exposure that they really had to Teddy Bridgewater – was his performance at his pro day. And just because it was so underwhelming, even when you go back and look at the tape, that first impression of watching his balls float and flutter all over the place, it has an impact. And I think when you look at the other guys, I got to tell you it's though, change it. and and uh, I, you know, I'm always on Twitter as you guys know, at Bucky Brooks and at Move the Sticks, you know, I, I'm always on Twitter and um certainly when I'm on TV, I'm on Twitter because it just keeps me connected to what fans are thinking of the broadcast and what's going on outside the world. So on Thursday night football, I'm always on Twitter. And throughout our games, I'm on Twitter. And outside of our game, and even sometimes more than our game, it was Bridgewater just did this. Bridgewater just mm-hmm. did that. Video of the most incredible thing Bridgewater just did. A lot of Thursday night games for Bridgewater. I, I know. <laughs> yeah. I know. We were, this network right here was competing against Teddy Bridgewater a hell of a lot last fall. But the the performances, the throws on the run mm-hmm. that he was making, I mean, they were they were spectacular. They were. And, I mean, maybe, if you, maybe not against competition. If you, ask, if you ask DJ and I, I think uh-huh. we're both in agreement that he's the number one guy. So then why would he fall? That, that's that's that, what I've that, got. Because it's a difference between how you rank a player in a mock draft. So I have Bridgewater as my top quarterback. I have him going 26 to Cleveland because mm-hmm. I, there is zero buzz on him, Rich. None. I, I talked to a GM uh, that, was at the, that was at the pro day. And you know, sitting there talking to him, and I said, look, I, I wasn't at the pro day, but I've kept him as my top guy. I'm not going to drop him just off the pro day. He said, if you were at the pro day, you would have dropped him. He said, it was DJ, you should have seen them. It was terrible. Really? So, yeah. I mean, that Bucky hit it, though. I mean, th- these, this is the first time a lot of these decision makers get a chance to see these guys. Whereas we can't get it out of that bad we, taste out of their We've mouth. looked at the tape. We've done the tape from the fall. We're very familiar. We've talked to people who have gone in there and, and all of the, those things. And so – our opinions are shaped on all of that information that we've heard from the beginning of the regular season all the way through the process. So we're like, I'm not changing where, what I think about him based off of a pro day. However, the coaches and the influence and the impact of the pro day, like that impression is going to hurt him. You know, and that's why, like, when you have your opportunity, whether it be the combine or the pro day, like, you want to button it up. You want to seal the deal. So, he, so what he should have done worked. He should have spun it at the combine. Absolutely. And sat out his pro day, in retrospect. What he should have done is put the gloves on first and foremost. Took yeah. the glove off, man. He Bad took, move. And, and I, want, I wonder about this. If you think about him being a golfer, he gets with 
you know, and I'm not knocking Chris Wanky or whatever, but like it's it's kind of like a golfer. You have a swing coach that you've been dealing with forever and ever. You go and get a new golf pro. Oh, I don't like your swing. So what he do? He tinkers, he he tweaks it. So now he puts it on display, and it doesn't look right. And so for Teddy Bridgewater, I wonder how much of his thing was impacted by the way that he uh, was was trained and coached from the process from the end of the season through the combine. So you guys are lockstep in saying Bridgewater's the best prospect, but he's going to fall the the furthest. Absolutely. I, I mean, Dan I think Winky, so. Uh, wow, Winky man. had a That's the, crazy. The, the, Jets, the guy the Jets took yeah, Gino. last year. Yeah, Gino. Yeah, Gino, too. Yeah, Gino. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not blaming yeah, him, no. but, but I'm saying, like, and for Bridgewater, I don't, you know, like a lot of times pressure makes people make these irrational decisions, but the fact that he played for four years, he's played forever with a glove on, and he decides in the biggest day of his life to take the glove off, I just don't understand why you would do that. Like, that's who you are. Does uh, Carr or Garoppolo, the fourth quarterback, I think Carl will go ahead of Garoppolo. I have Carr going to Arizona. That's kind of my surprise, my, my little sleeper surprise there. Pick number 20. Is that the battle good. at 4 or 5, though, those two names? Though, every, look, after think, those first three, there's everybody has just Everett's pick your flavor. It's so subjective. It really yeah. depends on what, what you like. I think a lot of the conversation after Zat Mettenberger worked out like yeah. he looks like the prototypical drop-back quarterback. I've Big heard, arm, all right. kinds of stuff. So I've I heard mean, buzz on Murray. I've heard yeah. some people really like him. You know, Everybody always pegs him as a next breeze or something like that because of his stature, you know, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised I, I if he was backing up breeze next year in a middle round pick with a middle round pick. Yeah. Third, yeah see, third there, round. Here's the thing for Murray and some of those other guys, it's better for them to go in that mid round category because they don't have the expectations nor the pressure to get on the field right away. So mm-hmm. they actually can develop outside of the watchful eye of the public. They can, put together, you know, really hone their craft on the practice field to be ready for when their opportunity comes. For some of these guys, you worry about them being drafted too soon because then it's the rush to get those guys on the field, and they won't be able to live up to those expectations. So much in the air. It's better than talking about tackles, Rich. (laughs) You are not kidding. And that's no offense, you know. It's no offense, but when, what was it, three of the top four last year? Yeah, Lane, with tackles. Yeah, Lane Johnson was fourth. <laughs> and that's the year after it was Luck, RG3, and that's the way they started. <laughs> Texas A&M could have – they had uh, – what's his name go last year? They could have three out of the top five this year, potentially, if if Evans creeps in, or three out of the top seven, because most yeah. people don't see him. Well, I mean, he's Ev- Evans is not going to go that high, is he? Seventh to Tampa. After to they Tampa, trade Mike Williams, they got yeah, no wideouts. They, they have Vincent Jackson and nobody else. Paid well, the way for him. Well, Carolina – Needs one. I think they need one. I know. Listen, and I'm a I'm a big Avant guy. Yeah. Because of you know I'm a Michigan <laughs> man, he's I think he's excellent. He's but got I great mean, hands, not, but not not you know I mean he's not the D'Angelo Williams not apparently not a big. Fan. He shouldn't be. He shouldn't be. He should be shaking his head also. He has to be. And and I mean and that's the one aspect of this off season that few people are really talking about because we're talking about draft, we're talking about all other stuff, Deshaun Jackson and signs and all sorts of stupidity. The thing is, you know, Cam's not working out. Yeah. And now is when all these kids that he, he that nobody's ever heard of, he needs to get into the same page and rhythm and and Cam Camp and stuff like that. <laughs> I mean, they're get, what's what's that offense going to look like? 12 and 14 this fall? last year. He can't even get out there with Marvin no. McNutt to get on the same page, the same McNutt page, <laughs> right? I mean, and he may not even step on the field until we, he he may be an RG three type in the yeah. in the pre in, in the preseason potentially. Like when do you play him? How much do you play him? How much you get on that ankle? Yeah. 
How, what's I the mean, balance between getting him ready for the season yeah. versus risking him getting injured? Oh, yeah. by the way, Jordan Gross, he, he's gone now. Too, I know. So you need a tackle. He's a podcaster, by the way. Oh, is he? Yes, he is. Nice. <laughs> he is. He's a podcaster. Very nice. Yeah. You know, I've got, I've, you know, I'm, 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 I'm a mentor to some in the in the league. Like Not all, <laughs> well, but I want, some. I wanted to see if I could get a, a t-shirt idea from you. Just, uh, you I was thinking at this time of year, especially mm-hmm. anonymous scouts are people too. I got it. <laughs> you know, can we do that? I like it. <laughs> I, we, 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 we'll workshop that one after the t-shirt of I gave my wife the Wonderlick. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We got to wrap these guys though because they are they, 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 they are highly in demand within the building. Uh, thank you, Daniel thanks, Jeremiah, Rich. DJ. Thank you, and Bucky. Uh, good to see you. Hey man, thanks for Bucky Brooks and Daniel Jeremiah on the Rich Eisen Podcast. Chris Brockman returns to the program. Good to see you again, Chris. Good to see you, Rich. Uh, Pleased to have here in the studio a very, very funny man. Um, And uh, uh, his movie, A Haunted House 2, comes to a theater near you this weekend. Pleased to welcome back on the program uh, Marlon Wayans. Good to see you, Marlon. How are you? Good to see you. How's everything? reached over and gave me a hand. That's a Chris and a Chris. There's (laughs) two Chris's. Marlon, how's it going? I'm traveling with me and my my women and my female vampires. I could see that. (laughs) On the other side of the glass, and over I there. always bring a random white guy with me because uh, you never know. <laughs> I need a guy to talk to white guy, and well, then I brought one smart Negro because uh, normally they we always carry around thugs with gold teeth in our mouth. I want to change the game. I'm going to carry around one smart Negro. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, I was the uh, I was the cops would never check him for drugs. Is that what it is? Yes. Okay. <laughs> oh, well, I was I was the ran- I was the random uh, white guy with Stuart Scott for seven and a half years on SportsCenter. That's awesome. Yeah, I sat next to him for seven and a half years, and I was the I was that random white guy. You sure for him. was that random white guy. I was yeah. that random white guy. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that was we me. Need, we need you guys. Well, you know, he would he it would, takes the focus off us. Is that what is that why yeah. I was there? Because I mean, I was the one throwing out Seinfeld references, and then he would look at me in commercial break and goes, like, he goes what the hell was that? Yeah. And I'm like, that's from Seinfeld. And he said, brothers don't watch Seinfeld. That's we what sure Stuart didn't. said. For... Some brothers didn't. Some, but he See wasn't that one smart of them. Negro out there? That he, was... he watches Seinfeld. <laughs> he was the Seinfeld guy. Yeah. A thumbs up. You yeah. give it a thumbs up right there. Yeah. And it, um, the, the, uh, See, my hood cats, they all watch Martin. So uh, <laughs> That's the difference. Like, Damn, Gina. You're, no. you're like, who? I know Martin. <laughs> I know Martin. I know him. Because I sat next to Stuart for seven and a half years. Oh, otherwise you know, like he would be, I had no idea. He would, see, we, we were educating each other. Right. It was an interesting mix. Yeah, it was good. It was like, you know, I had white friends that taught me about, look, I didn't know about bagels. I was like, what the hell? What do you mean a bagel? Mm-hmm. And he showed me what a bagel. I said, there's a hole in your bread. And he goes, no, nah, man, it's a bagel. That's a bagel. <laughs> and I, I, he gave me a bagel with some cream cheese on it, and I was, I, my mind blew. And then I gave, <laughs> I gave him some fried chicken with some hot sauce, and his mind blew. Yeah. And we formed a beautiful friendship. And then everybody's the wiser and yeah, better. That's the, way, that. that's the way it should go. And then you got to get you a Latino friend and get you a Middle Eastern friend. This way you learn about cultures, you know. Or that, food. Yeah, because I had to learn the hard way about Middle Eastern food. How so? Spent a couple hours on the toilet. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it was hot. And was this recent? Was this. Uh, oh, this was in Dubai. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah, it, it, so you, you know went it's straight. Hot. You went straight. You know it's there. hot when your butt goes. <laughs> 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 when you, you. It hits the toilet and it goes. <laughs> yeah that's how it works in dubai yeah pretty much okay i'll yeah. file that one away if i ever we, i don't think we're ever going to do this podcast on location dubai. Rich, sure, dubai is an awesome place it's just hot if you go it's hot as hell mm-hmm. like like you can't step outside it's just hot hot, hot. 100 degrees time you know it's hot. hot when a black guy's going man it's hot <laughs> africans will go we're too hot 
What were you doing in Dubai? Were I was you... doing stand up. Okay. I was doing comedy. Stand up. Stand up comedy in Dubai. So they, is there a Believe it or a, not, is that a They note? laugh out there. <laughs> you can, a, you can't say, see their mouths, but <laughs> you just see their heads doing this. You go, I think they're laughing. I was about to say it's a no drink minimum. <laughs> <laughs> no, you you can drink. In Dubai. But you can't drink in public like that. You, there's clubs and stuff, you know. And, and, and actually, there's a lot of, like, Americans and a lot of Europeans there. Not everybody's wearing... Didn't Michael you, Jackson hang out in Dubai a lot? I don't know. Mike's a weird dude. Um, he oh, also what? had a monkey. I don't know. <laughs> he hung out with Little Webster. I, so you that did... bugged me out. I was like, why is he hanging with Webster <laughs> for Webster. so long? Comedy in Dubai. Those, that's, I wouldn't think that that's a stop on a comedy tour. It I actually is. I, we that's sold great. out two shows. At the uh, five thousand seat theater, and okay, we crushed it, and you know, I bet we were performing in front of princes that I felt like they could buy us. They could. They were that rich that they can buy it. They're so rich in Dubai. Like I, I felt like the toy. Like <laughs> <laughs> they're so rich in Dubai. That. The water, right? Don't have waves. Like there's a man-made ocean, and mm-hmm. it's just like no waves. Just take take out the waves. No waves. No tide. <laughs> Sharks, no, t- no sharks. And just, that's the, just goldfish. <laughs> and that's how it works. Yeah, man. Fantastic. Beautiful, beautiful beaches. So you're from New York City. Yeah. Correct. And yeah. you're from. You said uh, where are you from again? Where you're from? The born and raised in Sixteenth Street and Ninth Avenue, which is back in the day it was the projects. It was the hood. Right. Now it's the meatpacking district. So. And it's hip and it's cool. All of my street cred is gone. It's, I used to be like, y'all from Chelsea. That's right. Now people are like, you talking about the meatpacking district? That's right. Can I get a reservation? <laughs> Can you help me with a reservation? Yeah. yeah. All my street cred is just yeah, I'm, gone. I'm from Staten Island, New York. Oh, you never had street cred. <laughs> <laughs> you know, now, Staten wait a Island is not Wu-Tang New York. Clan is from Staten Island. We, we, we imported them. We drafted them to <laughs> Is that New right? Yeah. We, okay. we grandfathered them into New York. But they're the only thing that puts that Nile on the map. That's about it. Because there's Steven Seagal. There's you guys um, still take a ferry. They won't even build a. They won't even build a bridge to Staten Island. They well or between a tunnel. Brooklyn, right? The between Brooklyn and Staten Island, <laughs> and New Jersey and Staten Island. Yeah, but Seagal's worked with two rappers. In, in Steven movies, Seagal, right? Rick Schroeder. Um, why am I blanking? Steven on Steven Seagal's from. Oh yeah. From Staten Island. You don't want. Do to I call, need to Google you, this? Rich do you really miss Staten time. Islanders? Do you really want to claim Steven Seagal? No. No, but like, I'm just in, I'm just I'm throwing in the it life out there. Draft. Do you really want him on your life draft? Pre under siege, Steven Seagal. Well, Steven Seagal pre under siege, but the guy the Barrymores are from Staten once Island. Once he got the belly and and he kept his hands <laughs> on his belly when he fought. That's a problem. Do you oh. ever notice that Steven Seagal movies only have three words in it? Yeah, on Deadly Grounds. There's all his movies. And they did really well. They're just three. They're just anything more. He just they just figured they couldn't fit it How on about the marquee. This? I stole it from him. Or just two. A haunted house. <laughs> that works. Two. Well, it's two now. Ah. See, yeah. We'll have to see how that ah. theory goes. Well, Bobby just... Flay is from Staten Island. Who? Bobby Flay is from Staten Island. Well, how, how does a New York guy like Flay? the, you the, like the Steelers and the Dolphins? Those are your, your Yeah, teams? Steelers oh. and Dolphins. Robert so Logia. How, how is that? Because the Jets suck. <laughs> so, yeah. So, you're, you're a Dolphin and, fan? And the Giants, I just never. I, so, a I, Dolphin I, fan from New York City. I didn't. Yeah. I still, I'm like actually a, a Steeler fan. Lady. Steeler fan. Okay, you're a Steeler fan. From yeah, I've been, been a Steeler fan since I was a little boy. Since Franco Harris and you know Lynn Swan and uh, you know Terry Bradshaw, yeah. awesome quarterback. Like I was a big fan. I used to hate the Dallas Cowboys. There was always the rivalry between the Cowboys and the Steelers, and I was a wor- working class kid. 
Dude, I mean, I was working since I was a kid, since I was like six. It was uh-huh. like child labor. I had a real job, like 24 hours a week. And, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm a, I was a big Steelers fan. Okay. Still love the Steelers. So still, still you still into them pretty much? Yeah, they, I think they, you know, they, they need some work right now. They, they do need a little work. Right? Yeah, they get older. What do you think of Big Ben as your quarterback, Roethlisberger? What do you think of him? I think Big Ben, if he focuses, he could – be incredible mm-hmm. and when he's not focused i just think that he i think he needs to practice more i think he needs to hit the weight room i think he needs to take it a little bit more serious but he's a hell of a quarterback and he has a great arm yeah but i think he needs to focus again it's just refocusing and going you know what? i'm gonna be great and i'm not i'm not gonna settle for having one two super bowls and now i'm good mm-hmm. no you got to go out and get the well actually one one super bowl now you got two yeah but but he's got two rings he has two, he had too many weapons not to not to utilize them. It's like he, he needs like to it. stop holding on to the ball so long. Get that ball out of your hand. You know, he has to study his plays and work with his receivers more and not just, hey, I'm going to sit in the pocket and improvise. What do you think of your coach, Tomlin? You I like think him? Tomlin's awesome. I would keep Tomlin because Tomlin um, – I think he, he he's really good at protecting his team. He's really good at managing his locker room. Mm-hmm. Like you don't hear a lot of Steelers coming out there next. No, you never crazy do. Stuff. Tomlin's a great coach. I just think his defense is getting older. I think they shouldn't have got rid of Mendenhall. Um, uh, and the, you know, I, I think in that Super Bowl that they lost to Green Bay, mm-hmm. they made a huge mistake by not they they were running the ball all the way up the field. Yes, and then they would get to first and goal. Mm-hmm. They would empty the backfield, and they was letting Ben just throw the ball. Winging five it around. Receivers, five yeah. receivers, and that's not what you do. Use the setup of having somebody in the backfield. It got you all the way down the field. So use a play-action fake. Take some pressure off of, you know, because they know Ben's – it's an empty backfield. They're not yeah. worried about Ben right. running anywhere. So, yeah, so they made some coaches' mistakes in that game. Do you think Tomlin in Thanksgiving game last year when he stepped on the, in the way of Jacoby Jones, do you think he was trying to – do you remember when he stepped on the on the field? Do you remember when he did that sort of thing? What did he do? He stepped right on the field. Why? Was it where Jacoby Jones of the Ravens was running back to, uh, for a kickoff for a touchdown. See, that's a good coach. <laughs> See, he's a guy. He's, that's he, a good he, coach. You know? go. Do what you got to do to win, man. Yeah, I like it. I yeah, like him. Yeah, he's See, stepping plus, out there. I, I look, I think Steelers, that, that nation, you need a hard-ass coach. You need one. Yeah, you do. You can't have uh, – that's why you, you had uh, – who's the dude that spit – Cow uh, – mm-hmm. uh, to spit a lot. Cowher. Yeah, Bill Cowher. Bill Cowher. Yeah. yeah. He was a, the jaw. He, he was great. Yeah, he, spitting, he was, yeah, he was no. great. Like a Gruden would work great over at the Steelers. No, I like it. John but Gruden. Tomlin, but you got to. Tomlin's good. good. Uh, Tomlin, you don't need to change Tomlin. I think the, they shouldn't have got rid of Wallace. That's a big problem. Right. Wallace was a very good deep threat, and they should have kept him. He worked the, well. Now he's on the Dolphins. Yeah, so he went from one team to the other there team. But go. see, nobody's going to win in Miami. Why is that? There's too many women in Miami. You can't play great. Because well, you're so busy partying. You can't win in Miami. The Heat seem to be doing all right with it, though. Well, that's just because LeBron's just a beast. You know, he's just a monster. He, uh, okay. He, so he, he, just, he, he goes above and beyond that whole that whole thing with that. He's with going the, to go down, I think, neck and neck with probably Jordan. I don't, I don't disagree with you at all. I definitely think. Because I don't, I don't see. I think, look, at, look what he did with this team all year long with Dwayne Wade hurt. Yeah, right. You know, it, it, oh, you don't, I don't think there's any doubt you could put them in the finals. And I know our Indiana fans will be a little bit upset about that. No, but here's the thing about Indiana. Is Indiana has a great young team. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to – unfortunately, I think they're standing in the way of LeBron James's 
greatness. Right. And it's the way that Michael Jordan hit that zone. And there was a Carl Malone was a great player. Right. And he probably would have been one of the greatest players and a great champion. Same with like a. Uh, uh, oh, everybody! Ewing but, and all those guys yeah, who but, grew up at the—they they were in—they were in the league at the very wrong time. And f- unfortunately for them, they yeah. played against Michael Jordan. And the story: Le- LeBron James is that guy right now. He just—he turns it on when he wants, and he's so smart now. It's like I don't need the MVP. Give it to Kevin Durant. Yes. <laughs> I'd rather rest and work with this bad team because I'm going to be working. I got to teach these guys to mm. play with me because this is the team that I'm gonna be playing in the playoffs with. So yeah. I don't need to score all these points. I need these guys to teach these guys how to win. And I'm gonna lay off and give that to Kevin Durant because I got four. I'll come back next year. And get I that heard next that year. one. Yeah. That's great. That was great reverse. I thought reverse psychology too. Yeah. When I heard that too, it was smart. So a haunted house two is coming out this weekend, yes, and you're you're pumped about it. I'm well, very. Tell pumped. me about it. Tell it's, me about this film. It's a hilarious movie. I think it's one of the funniest movies that I've, I've I've done. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote it with my producer. And partner who's standing right there, Rick Alvarez, the white. Oh, guy. The, oh the, the white guy. Oh, the yeah. white guy. The white guy. Oh, okay. oh the white guy. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He's 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 the one that puts the big words in the script. Okay. Um, I'm I'm the one to put all the fart jokes in there. That's all me, man. That's a good team. Don't right you there. try and take my credit for flatulence. He taught me that word. <laughs> <laughs> good um, job, Rick. You're a factor, brother. You're a factor. Two thumbs up from this side of the glass. That's right, man. Get our scatological humor on. He taught me that word, too. (laughs) I call it fart and doo-doo jokes, and he said scatological. So you're making him a better man. You are, no, Rick. I meant, I meant you, he's, you're making Rick a better man. Oh, thank you. That's I really am. We see we're sharing, like the bagel story. Uh, I know the sauce. bagel story. Yes, we well, it's funny I, the, when you keep saying the white guy. There's a. St- I, I told this story once before, right? Yeah, I don't know if I did, I'll tell Tyler. you. Anyway. Uh, when I did Sports Center with Stu Scott, and we went down to um, the when the All Star Game was in New York City, big yeah. NBA. When you know when uh, speaking of Malone, when Kobe waved Malone off the box mm-hmm. when Malone's calling for the mm-hmm. ball down mm-hmm. low, and Kobe waved. Mm-hmm. So that was in that All Star game, and we we did Sports Center that night at midnight. We finally got down with a lead foot. We were in New York City by two a.m. at the old All Star Cafe in uh, oh, Times wow. Square, which wow. no longer exists. Wow, it you sure remember, doesn't. Remember, it was with Shaq and yeah, Gretzky, Planet Hollywood, right? And it all was that. A, yeah, yeah, it was the All Star. Yeah. It was a sports version of Planet Hollywood. Anyway, so it's the time that we get there, and the party's being let out. And I remember Stewart went up to a cop and goes, "Where's the party going to next?" And the cop knew exactly where it was. He was said, it's like it's some club on 33rd Street and 10th Avenue. Now, you know New York City. Yeah. So we're walking down. It's 33rd Street and 10th Avenue, right around, right around, um, right around 8th Avenue and 9th Avenue. Yeah. I'm suddenly the only white guy that's walking the street yeah. as we're walking to the club. And Stuart Scott, as we're getting closer and closer to the club, even though everybody loves Stuart, he, it's like Elvis is walking into the building. <laughs> and one guy stops the two of us, and he goes, Stuart Scott, you're my favorite. And he looks at me, he goes, and the white guy. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. You're the white guy. The white guy. I'm telling you, I have, been the, I have been the white guy. The white guy. For very long. I've got, I've got almost two decades of experience you being that well. white guy. You wear it well. Thank you. you I, know, I know other way to wear it. That's, wear my it only, well. that's the only way I know how so to wear I, it. I, that's my white guy right there. you there. go. You and I, Rick, <laughs> we're so, the same. I'm Stuart. Rich and Rick. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Uh, So basically, the movie's really funny, man. It's a, it's a, it's basically, um, it's uh, it's multicultural mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's just a really good funny horror comedy with parody moments. Okay, and it's laugh out loud from the time you sit down to the time you leave the theater. And I'm not saying that because I'm tooting my own horn. I'm saying that because I just came off a 24 city tour mm-hmm. promoting the movie where I did Q and A's. 
after the screening, I'd have a screening and have a Q and A. Okay. Sit in the hot seat, and I would tell the audience, I want you to tweet what you thought of the movie. Tweet me at Marlon Wayans, uh, Instagram to at Marlon Wayans. While well, I'm promo, might as well promote that. Good. Um, so tweet me at Marlon Wayans and tell me what your opinion of the movie is, and I'm gonna retweet you. And I did this every city. I've gotten not one bad review from a fan. And there's trolls out there oh on Twitter. Oh, my God. I mean, they, they love they, to hate. There's, oh. oh, there's some serious. Look at my timeline. I've spent <laughs> half my timeline cursing people out. Yeah, I notice. I just keep there's it gangster. trolls everywhere. I keep it gangster. Yeah. I troll back. You don't block? No, I troll back. After I make them feel real bad about themselves, then I'll block. I don't block. Because, I block because... them after I hurt their feelings. And I go, you want to answer back? No. Block. block. You're out. Yep. How many people have you blocked, you think? Probably 50. <laughs> After I cursed them all That's out. That's you curse them all I out. I got to curse them out because I'm real and I can't let you say. I got, you know, it's like yesterday I posted a picture of my daughter. and you know, she's People going, aren't trolling your daughter, are they? They try to cyber bully my beautiful little daughter. What? I don't know. How old is she? She's tw- Not like that That means she's anything. She's 13. But, okay. It and doesn't so, matter how old your daughter well, she's is. She's going through that awkward stage. You know, she's got her braces, a little mustache growing So people are trolling <laughs> on your daughter? You're yeah, <laughs> but I'm like, That's my baby. You know, but, but they, I'm like, but you know, they they say what they they say. It's like my daughter. It's like here's the thing. Christmas Eve, yeah. I posted a picture of me and my my kids, and someone like said something about my daughter. Said like she has a unibrow like Anthony Davis. Now, <laughs> no, that's it was a big unibrow, but you know, it's okay. It's beautiful. Uh-huh. It frames the face. So, and she's a beautiful little girl. But I was like, my daughter looked at the picture, and she's like, that's foul. And I seen her feelings hurt. Man, I went to this guy's site, and if you look up my Twitter from Christmas Eve, yeah. I stayed on there sending, taking pictures of him and yeah. snapping and talking, roasting this dude for literally uh, eight hours <laughs> my, to where my kids came in the room and was like, uh, Dad, it's Christmas. Can, it's- can we open the present? <laughs> I, I said, just give me another two hours, honey. <laughs> I'm not finished with this yeah. guy just yet. Yeah, it doesn't talk about my Yeah, kids. so many people who, who, who troll on me for, like, my hairline, then you look at their picture, their avatar, and they're bald. And I'm like, what are we talking bald about Bald looks here? good on you. Thank like, you. you know well, it's, again, it's the only thing I can do, because I would never do I, can, I can't The only thing I can do, do is go bald. That's what well, I mean, I'm not going to do, I can't do, I don't want to do the... Good on I you. can't do it. I mean, that's why I just cut it all off. When mostly. God cuts your hair, he wants you to have that haircut. Mm. That is the cut that God wants you to have. So you just roll with it. Oh, you man. You don't fight that. I didn't, cool. I didn't even think about going like it's spiritual cool. but, on my but head. For real, that's the haircut God wants you to have. That means that that's your sexy, you know? I got I got this one. Is great. That's your sexy, don't, Rich. Don't interrupt him when he's telling me <laughs> about my hairstyle. <laughs> you guys were you guys were hitting on the white guy. Sure. You kind of you're late. Up. We off the white guy. Well, no, but way. you kind of grew don't, up on the on it. the set of In Living Color, and you Jim Carrey's the white guy. You have a beard like Yukon Cornelius. Yukon <laughs> Cornelius. Oh! Good reference. Mm. I like that. Uh, but what was it like, kind of growing up on? I mean, obviously your family intricately involved in it, but kind of growing up on the set of In Living Color and then being on that show. Um, it was a it was a gift, man, because you know I I was at, it was like comedy high school for me. I got to hang around greats and watch them perform and sit on the sideline and kind of watch Damon and watch Jim Carrey in their prime. And I learned so much from In Living Color that I carry with me to this day. I learned how to write on In Living Color. That taught me to write, and ever since then I haven't stopped writing. I started writing sketches, then I started writing my TV show, and after that started writing movies, and I haven't stopped stopped writing since that tutelage. So um, I was grateful, and and Jim Carrey was like a cartoon. He'd be like Jim. Do uh, Jack Nicholson, and he would go into an impression. Do the dinosaur, he would do it. Di- he was just—it was just a magical time. 
Cool. And oh, and love uh, that show. yeah, and then you you were in one of my favorite movies, Requiem for a Dream, yes. which is the exact opposite yeah, of, that, of that world that as well. Was, that was tough. And um, Jared Leto, who yes. you were, were your co-star, just won an just won an Oscar for crying out loud. Make me feel really bad about my life. Oh, I'm not come jealous. On, hey, man. congratulations, Jared. I'm happy for your success, brother. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> happy you got the statue, man. Hey, we oh, always have Requiem for gosh. a Dream, brother. Guy takes You're 10 not, years off, goes and plays in a band all around the country, grows long hair, comes back, boom, Oscar. Me, I've been slaving more than 12 years a slave, and I can't. <laughs> You're ridiculous. I can't win a damn soul glow. Well, a message to self. Don't ask Marlon about Jared Leto again. Why you keep bringing him up oh, then? Shit. I ain't jealous. I'm just saying I'm happy for the brother's success. You know? Hey, I guess I'm next, man. Way to pay the wave, Jared. <laughs> go see A Haunted House too, everybody, this weekend in a theater near you. Yes, and also go check out whatthefunny.com, which is my digital comedy network. It's a lot of fun stuff on it. Go check it out if you're at work. And you ain't working. Stop acting like you're working. Go, yeah, no, go. I don't work. No, no, you you actually work. This oh, guy, okay. I don't know what he does. <laughs> Brockman. He's trolling all day. Well, I yeah. was looking up some stuff about Marlon. I realized we have the same birthday. July 23rd. Yeah. Oh, come here. Give me love. Oh, you damn Leo cancer, baby. Yeah. And guess what? My mama's birthday is the same day. I was born on my mom's birthday. I came out of the bow. Stitches. <laughs> Happy birthday, ma. <laughs> Take these stretch marks. <laughs> hey, ma. Bow. Happy birthday. Ha. <laughs> Make your breasts look weird for the rest of your life. Mother's Day, May uh, May 11th. Yes, it is. May this year. Remember mom. Remember mom. <laughs> Remember your mother. Um, so, uh, Hone and House 2, and what's the name of the website? WhatTheFunny.com. WhatTheFunny.com. At Marlon Wayans on yes. Twitter and also Instagram. Instagram, yes. Excellent. You're a good man. Hey, it's great. Thanks for great. coming on. I'm this want a selfie fun. with you guys. I definitely want a selfie because that's what I do. I'm the selfie king. Okay. Let's do it. So, <laughs> this is like Big Poppy in the the the, the is this, Rose Garden. Is this sponsored anyway. by anyone? I don't know. Is this uh, sponsored? I wish one of you guys was was Obama. That's an, unfortunately. All right, know. let's do it. So here's what we're gonna do, and then you're gonna post it on. I'm gonna post it on my. Whoa, whoa, whoa! You gotta. It's gotta include a little back here. Come on. No, no. You call Cornelius. You gonna come in here too? Yeah. I'm coming in. Come on. I'm coming. Go down. Do it. All right, and then here comes Brockman in law. This is good. Two bald white guys and then uh, the hairiest one you can get. There we go. go. One, two. UConn. Let's see that beer, Yukon. Ready? One, two. Thumbs up. There you go. Okay. There you Thank go. You guys. Hey, see man. it on at Marlon Wayans. Hold on, man. We got, we got one more here oh, now, do too. It. Let's do it. This let's is real time stuff. Oosh. Here we go. Smiling. We're still recording. <laughs> gotcha. Hey, you Very guys. Good. Keep listening to the show. Right, it's a great one. Peace. At Marlon Wayans here on the Rich Eisen Podcast. Whoa. That was fun. That was a good that time. That was really fun. <laughs> we think that was our first uh, live show selfie. Yeah. Slash That's true. Sort of like the Oscars. Probably, probably be about three billion fewer retweets, <laughs> but we'll take it. He was great, man. We'll I, take it. I remember watching In Living Color. I mean, that was kind of, that was what we watched growing up. It was, yeah. it was a hilarious show uh, fire marshal bill some of the stuff that jim carrey would do right yep. the wayne's brothers who very funny right. talented comes from an incredibly talented family oh, and then requiem crazy. for a dream he just turns it it's amazing you know, yeah you go from that was, that was that was almost my uh my crab tree moment <laughs> that's cl- uh, you know Brockman. what rich now that you bring it up mentioning somebody else's that's pretty Oscar, close. but i had no idea that's one of those things where you don't know the answer to the question you're right. asking you you know he might. I had no I idea. Think he he might, giving, maybe I knew he was giving me the business. No, no, I understand. Yeah. But but I mean, maybe he was really good friends with Jared Leto. 
and he starts talking about it and tells a good story. Yeah. I mean, last week's podcast with Kevin Costner, I asked tons of questions I didn't know the answer to, and some of the stories that came were, un- were unreal. Yeah. People were putting that show last week on the Mount Rushmore. I know. A lot of, a lot of, of good our, tweets about that one. I of think our it, program. We'd have to think about it. We'd have to think about it's it. It's because he was so he got like emotional. He was so emotionally well, we all invested did too, in the conversation. Oh, yeah. yeah. But that was fun. That was fun. He, that was a good one. He, that was some energy there. He he brings it. <laughs> oh, please. Oh, my gosh. A um, Steelers and a Dolphins fan. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> From New York. Not many Steelers fans are saying they should have kept Mike Wallace. No, that's true. But. We'll see what Mike Wallace does this year, though. All right. They've had a fun show so far. Now let's, uh, let's welcome in a buddy. And uh, now, pleased to have back on the Rich Eisen podcast, a uh, friend of the program, a friend, period. period. Um, a man who, when he was on the last time in January, told us about uh, the project that he was about to head to Canada to shoot, uh, the show Fargo on FX, which debuts tonight. We're taping this tax day, April 15th at 10 p.m. Eastern Time, a show on uh, on one of the many brilliant ads that we've seen for it, called by Entertainment Weekly the most anticipated show uh, of the season. Pleased to have Colin Hanks back on the Rich Eisen podcast. How are you, buddy? I'm good, buddy. How are you? Good to see you. Gentlemen, Chris's, how are you? Colin, yeah. good to Colin, see you. Colin, good to see you. Yeah, Colin. last time you were on, uh, you were getting set uh, to watch your San Francisco 49ers take on the Carolina Panthers in the divisional playoff game, and then Jeff Schaefer showed up in the middle of the interview. And, and you that were... was as good as it got for me. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> you said, you, you, you two were saying we'll see each other in the NFC Championship game. That did happen. That did happen and um and then you said i'm um, i'm were you already in the process of shooting fargo at that yeah, point yeah i was right? that what that had started the back and forth for me didn't we actually spend 15 minutes talking about the gray cup the gray cup yeah, yeah. yes that's true he's yeah. like oh, we i went, I went right. to the game with a, a pal yeah. and that pal 20 minutes later we found out was billy bob and right, yeah yeah, right. yeah right exactly and yeah. marty short and marty, and short. marty short i went yeah. yeah i went to two games that's right i went i'm good with the cfl and then that that interview sparked an entire Twitter extravaganza for two reasons. One, because of our discussion of all things Canadian football. Yes. And then you revealed how you and your dad watch games. Yes. By pretending what head coaches in the NFL would be like as stepfathers. What kind of stepfathers Turn. head coaches would be. Yes. <laughs> Which I will say, like, I was surprised at how, how much traction that got. <laughs> I didn't think it was going to be that great, but like for an entire week afterwards, you and I were like texting back and forth. Like, did you see the one with it? Yeah, people, people were, were throwing stuff there. out there. Yeah, it was nice because we didn't hit all thirty-two head coaches in the National Football. League. No, no, great. no. But you know, the good news is, is that whenever there's a, a coach firing. Well, that's a new stepdad. You gotta. That's true. That's a new stepdad. I know. I mean, should we break down the new coaches in the league? Uh, I mean, how can we? I mean, can we do that? I mean, can you sit here and say how would would Mike Pettin be like as a a, a stepdad? I would argue you've got got to see them pace the the sidelines. You got to see them how they deal with adversity. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You you got to see them rip into like you know a player. And that's when you know. He takes his crap seriously. Or how they, yeah. or how they throw the challenge flag or something oh, like Well, that. that's a big one, yeah. you know. I mean, if they throw it down with authority, I mean, imagine what that dude's like, you know, at breakfast. Right. That's right. 
when Same. they're not eating or they're not a, a listener. Yeah. yeah, exactly. To use the young children phrasing. Yes. But, I mean, as a teenager, you can't tell. I mean, certainly if you're up there stoic as the stoic coordinator, you can't get a read. You can't get a read. No, I would actually say if 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 it was going to be – if you were – if you were going to look at offensive coordinators with that low angle shot from down from down below looking yeah. up, that's that would maybe what kind of grandfather would they be? So okay, so you M- could maybe you I, could I, tell- look. I don't want to ruin a good thing. <laughs> I don't want to ruin a good thing trying to find Less some comedy more. nuggets. Less is more. Less is more in comedy. Yeah, but we could sit here and say what type of grandfather would Dom Capers be? Yeah, we could figure that. Certainly, since he had time tenure as a head coach. In you the could, NFL, you, you could. could you could piece a puzzle together. The the the, the, the thing I'm seeing is any time they show an <laughs> offensive coordinator, it just looks like the angry grandfather at Thanksgiving. That that's really all. That, that's all I'm saying. Dick LeBeau, mm-hmm. like, Dick like LeBeau what is face. the first thing he says to pass at Thanksgiving? Do you know what I mean? Like that's you know, would they just go? Mm, Yamps. Pass the potatoes. <laughs> That's Dom Capers. That's probably Dom Capers. That is. Yeah. Yeah. And Norv Turner is... Mm. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Norv Turner. Oh, man. Well, he's the quarterback whisperer. That's true. So, Norv Turner. He's the guy He's the guy that you maybe... He's he's a Yams guy. Yeah, he's, he's no... A, he's, <laughs> he, he's certainly Norv's not. I'm going, I'm going based solely on the tan that he's got a majority of the time. It's a Yams tan oh, kind of yeah. thing. Oh, you he's know a what I mean? Yam guy. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's no question yams. about that. He's a Yams. So when you were expressing, explaining Fargo uh, to us back in January, saying it was based on the film, it is not a... Um, it's not a recitation of the film. It's not a reboot. It's not a reboot in that yeah. regard. Yeah. And I, I sent you emails and I tweeted at you. The it looks fantastic. I'm in. Oh, thanks. Bro. I yeah, am in because thank you, thank the way you. it looks, the way it comes across, it definitely has the DNA of the film within it. Right There's in it. No question about it. Right in it. Yeah. Now yeah. that you're in the can, as they say. Yes. In this multi-cam or single-cam business right, that we're no. in. It's a single-cam. I'm telling you, <laughs> there were so cam. many things from your last there, appearance, there Colin. The khakis. Oh, good. my gosh. There's, there's so lot. much stuff. Uh, are, are you pleased? Are you pleased with what I'm really is happy out there? with. Yeah, no, I'm really, I'm really happy with it. I think the show's really great. You know, it's, it's 10 episodes, um, and from the beginning to end, it, it just sucks you in. And I, I think it's really entertaining. You know, a lot of... A lot of these shows nowadays that I watch that I really admire and respect, like A True Detective, like uh, uh, Breaking Bad, like uh, House of Cards, like American, something like that, they really seem to, to, to suck you in. And, and this one, I sort of feel like because we're just telling one specific story with a beginning, middle, and an end, right. I think it is makes for the most engrossing kind of TV that you could watch. So as a fan of said shows that I just mentioned... I I know for a fact that I would I would dig this even if I wasn't in it. W- I mean, without a doubt. I mean, it's just so well done. Yeah. So so in other words, um, I don't want to get too deep into it because I don't want to get I'm he, too revealing. It is it's it's like True Detective in the fact that we're going to get a complete resolution by the end. Y- However, yes, the, some of the characters yes. from this season could. May, show up next maybe. season? Maybe. It depends. I mean, they're still trying, you know, it really... Well, it all depends on how many people tune in tonight, <laughs> Well, guys. that's why... That's part of the reason why we're here. But, um, yeah, but it's it's essentially... The best way to describe this is it's, it's, it's all new characters and it's all new story that 
lives within the same Fargo world, that, mm-hmm. that same sort of tone, that, that same sort of, um, you know, uh, a, a lot of the things that, that people remember, people liked about the movie. The show has that, but, but it, it lives sort of in, a, in, you know, in another corner of that sandbox a little bit. And it intersects with the movie in some cool ways, which I think will make, you know, some people freak out. And, um, but overall, we do have a beginning, a middle, and an end. It, it, we're, we are basically a 10-hour film. That's the best way to sort oh, of describe fantastic. it. And uh, some survive, some don't. And we don't quite know what the next season, if there is a next season, w- what it will sort of be. You know, we've just sort of looked at it as this is sort of a limited series a miniseries, an anthology. They have so many names for them now. I yeah, right, exactly. I call it a job. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but it, it is uh, a really cool show that I think would be uh, really smart to get in on the ground floor and start watching tonight. That's what we're going to do, Looking 10 o'clock Eastern Time on FX and every Tuesday. Every Tuesday. Uh, taking taking the uh, Justified yeah, slot as Justified just wrapped up. That's right. Another season. That's and, right. And, man, they just do such a – FX just does such a great job with they its TV really, programs. They really do. They really do. They, they, the, the, their, uh, their advertising just alone, like the billboards that they've done for us with the – Needlepoint? The, the Needlepoint. So cool. The hashtag of Augies. Augies, yeah. Is the hashtag. But they also, you know, they they do this thing. I mean, because I've gone into FX a bunch of times to just for meetings and stuff. And when you go in there, you realize um, they uh, the photos that they have for all of their shows, you know, all their print work is really fantastic. I mean, all the photos from Sons of Anarchy to The Shield to Justify the Americans, all the photographs are beautiful. And that was really important to remember when I was freezing my butt off shooting the photos for this show. I'm just like, ah, I don't want to be here. It's like my day off. This sucks. And then I'm just in there going, but this is going to be in that room where you saw all those cool photos. So <laughs> I've sort of realized, yeah. like, no, I'm just going to let these guys do whatever these guys want to do. Yeah, I saw your Instagram pictures, and uh, this was not done on any uh, soundstage or a green screen. You were you were in the Arctic practically. Minus cold. thirty, baby. It was it. Wow. Your pictures look cold. Minus they looked 30. cold. It was it was cold. In fact, uh, uh, just last week I did. Um, uh, I still call it Regis and Kelly, but it's... Uh, oh, so you saw Stray? Yeah, I saw Stray. Okay. And uh, I was, you know, we I was talking about how I had to keep warm with the hand warmers and feet warmers, and I had this whole sort of routine. And then afterwards, he came up to me and goes, you know, you just described every single game <laughs> I, I played. You know, that's Green Bay, that's Chicago, that's the Meadowlands on a windy day. Mm. You know, like he was basically just going like, yeah, that's exactly what we did. I said, yeah, but the big difference is I just have to sit there and say lines. You actually had to like hit dudes. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, with Strahan, I mean, and we saw this firsthand last year, Law, for our yeah. draft special last year. We visited him on his set. And, you know, so many times when you meet players and you know players as we have come across them, they talk about how, you know, I, I, I get I could play the game for free. Pay me to practice, but I'd play for free. Yeah. Okay? Because it's a, it's a dream come true. It's a game. Very rarely does a player leave and then find a job where they're also stealing money. Yeah. <laughs> and Strahan... He will do that forever. He I will mean, do he just that signed for, up with Good, good Morning America. Yeah, he He's just started. I know. I mean, Stray, Stray is found another job like that, especially Kelly Ripa, to me, is one of the most talented people in, in our business. She's, She's a Rolls Royce She's versatile. broadcaster. She is a versatile. That's a fun show. It is. 
It was so good. you did that last week. Did that? that yeah. What else? That. What else have you? What else have you done? What else have you added? Kindly added this podcast to you. Did Conan on Monday I did night? Con- right? Yeah, I did Conan. Uh, I did the new Seth Meyers program. Oh, great! Which was quite uh, quite Fantastic. a blast. A lot of fun. Yeah. Um, very happy for Seth. Was Armisen on the band that night? Yes, too? he was. Yeah, 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 nice. yeah, yeah. He was there, and Chris, so cool. Kristen Wiig was also there too. That oh, night, cool. Which was nice. Um, and those, those, I mean, those are, those are three funny, Th- sweet that's people. That's funniest thing. <laughs> those are three funny, sweet people. And then you throw in Mario Batali for a cooking segment. And hey, you got oh, a little, hey, what did you do with the chef? Do? Do? Nothing. Do? I watched him cook quickly. Oh, okay. <laughs> did, you, <laughs> did you eat it? When they do I, those cooking segments, do you get to eat after? I just helped myself. Yeah. Nice. I helped myself you. to a little, uh, a little prosciutto. Nice. As they say that, back in the Sopranos, and he gave prosciutto. me a little prosciutto, and uh, and there was some lovely drink that he made that I just chugged. Was, I just didn't even. Was ask. he wearing the Crocs? Like, oh yeah, yeah he, he invented those. Right? Oh yeah. yeah, he's if he doesn't have stock in those. Oh, he does. Yeah, he better. He better. So yeah, it's been it's been like I was saying earlier, it's 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 been a little bit full on because we literally we wrapped we wrapped Fargo on a Friday. I was in New York, you know, on by Sunday. Doing press all last week, right. and then here we are. And then so, you came home Sunday. Yeah. In LAX. Now, when you flew into LAX, <laughs> did you see Alden Smith in security, or I were did you in not. a different terminal? I would. That might have been a that. different terminal. That might have been a different terminal. What's going on with the 49ers? I don't. They're having. Colin? They seem. They seem to be having a rough off season. <laughs> Idle, idle hands, idle time, idle hands. There, they seem to be having some uh, some rough times. I don't know. I was t- uh, I was talking with a buddy of mine. You know the uh, the the stuff with Kaepernick. I, that that one uh, we haven't touched on this show because uh, that's not. Listen, when you get a police report talking about so and so is in security and and use the word I have a bomb, and then there's video, okay, yeah. all over the place of what happened. You can talk about that. Yeah. The Kaepernick one. Don't want to talk about it. I'm not right. ready. I'm not prepared. I don't want to talk about it either. Because, well, I'm not prepared. Right. I mean, I don't think you're hearing You're hearing all sorts of, of stuff stories, out of yeah. there. And then you're hearing he wasn't even around when all the the yeah. the crazy stuff went down. You're hearing so, they called the police on her to get Well, I mean, all of that said, though, I mean, as I've said on this show many times, to young players in the National Football League, and I've said it on this show many times, my belief of what young players should do. There is one word I would say to Jazz. If I'm a coach to the players, if I'm the general manager of the players, this may not resonate. Are you going to stand? I'm not. I got out of the <laughs> chair. So, well, this may not resonate. Are you Herm Edwards all of a sudden? <laughs> Here's, the on us. Here's the word. Here's the word. Netflix. <laughs> Netflix. <laughs> Watch. You never, ever hear. Harvey Levin's never talking about players that went awry when they got something on Netflix. <laughs> never happens. <laughs> never happens, you right? Know, well, yeah, I mean, like for, for actors, when actors on location, you know, the, 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 the thing you always have to do is just you, you need a hobby that, uh, that is not drinking. Yes. Stay out of the You know what I mean? Stay out of the lobby. Yes. You the, never the hear. Bar. You never hear 911 was called. 
because they didn't want to watch another episode of House of Cards and they disagreed. <laughs> you know, you never hear that. You never hear that. Netflix. But what else is, is there? the only thing I have to say about Colin Kaepernick? Netflix. Netflix. In Calgary, what else is there to do though, except drink to keep warm? A uh, lot of good restaurants in Calgary. Not going to lie, happy with the restaurant selection there in Calgary. Um, but you know, to be honest, I was you know I got two young kids, so I was flying back. Right. Yeah, man, you so were much. juggling. I was juggling. You but you want to know what I realized? The thing with the flying, though, and this is this is totally true. And you and you will know this because you just did a, a, a trip with three oh young Lord. children. When you fly by yourself, after you've flown with with children, any number of children could mm-hmm. be one, could be two, could be three, could be seventeen. Of course, if you're the, the family on that one show, um, <laughs> whatever that one is. Uh, when you fly by yourself, you feel like you are flying in the heyday of. <laughs> Air travel, like Pan Am. I feel like I'm flying like Don Pan, Draper, like Don Draper, <laughs> right. Pan Am, mm-hmm. early '60s. Let me get this straight. I get to go into a tube yes. where no one can reach me, no one can call me, no one, no, no one wants anything from me, and all they want to know is, would you like another ginger ale? Yes. <laughs> would you like another Bloody Mary? Yes. Would you like some more peanuts? So when the cabin door closes. Oh, it's amazing. I, I can read the paper, Rich. Mm-hmm. I can read the entire. And I'm not talking about just one sentence yes. 15 times over the course of 30, you know, three hours, mm-hmm. which is how I normally read the paper at home. I can read the whole paper. Now, let me ask you this question. I can read two of them. Yes, you can. You could read as many papers as you like, depending on how long the flight is. Let me ask you this question. Yeah. Um, because your, your wife is awesome. She's You've good. got a lovely yep. wife. Thank you, thank you. Friends with mine. Yes. So I believe they might uh, be lockstep in certain uh, ways of, of viewing life. Yes. Okay. Yes. So They're of similar mind. Now, flying back and forth yes. is, 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 is a chore in a way. I mean, it you is. still got to go. It's, it's, it, it's, it sucks the life out it of you does. a little bit. Okay. Yeah. But. The way you just described when you fly by yourself. That's what they think it is every single time. Now, here's the question. When you come home and you're just like, listen, I just travel. I mean, I've been traveling like crazy. I mean, I've been traveling. And do, do, they, do they say, yes, but you were on the plane by yourself. Yes. And I know what you're doing on that yeah. plane, which is nothing. Yeah, yeah. It <laughs> which is, is a, nothing. It is a fine It is a fine line. You know what I mean? It's a the, fine the line. The jig is up, Colin. I know, I know. You know what I mean? The jig is flat out I, up. It really is. It's rough. So, because so as soon as I walk through that door. Yeah. But you're tired. You're flying, right? Yeah, I, but, but that yeah. just doesn't fly. That doesn't fly. That figuratively. Doesn't, the figuratively. Susie's giving you a few uh, keep it up, you're no, going to lose. No, she, uh, listen. Completely, you know, Susie. Oh yeah, spent many, many years doing what we do, and and she totally is locked. She couldn't get it more. She gets it. A little too much. She gets it. A little too much. She gets it. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm coming in? I'm like, oh, I just flew back from Jacksonville, and you know, and I just flew back from Atlanta. And she goes, How long was that flight? Like four and a half hours. What'd you watch on the plane? I kept over watching the plane. What'd you do? You go catch up on your reading? You get have Wi-Fi? You enjoy that? <laughs> 
You enjoy that? See, I can't do it. And I'm like, no, it was terrible. No. It was awful having Wi-Fi uninterrupted for four and a half hours, and I'm tweeting it, I'm following whatever fantasy team I got. No, it's terrible. See, I can't what a do, chore. I can't do the Wi-Fi on the plane. I've decided it, I'm now Wait a minute. I'm done. Now, wait a not, minute. I'm not doing it. I'm really? not doing it. Yeah, because uh, seriously, I have only so much time. That I cannot be reached. The last thing I want to do is get emails saying, "Did you see the email?" <laughs> well, there's Wi-Fi on the plane, so did you get it? Did you see that email? I getting need you to email right away. Getting emails saying, "Did, did you, you see, see the email?" Did you see the email? <laughs> did you get the text before you left? His, rea- his fa- your face on that. Did you see the email? The first one was priceless. That is, I seriously, <laughs> that is the. I, I, there's nothing that bothers me more. Then texts about, did you get the phone message? Did you see the email? Emails about the phone. I don't, seriously. Well, but Wi-Fi could be, sp- I don't want to give away I all the secrets here. But Wi-Fi could, Wi-Fi could be spotty, yeah. right? I mean, plain Wi-Fi is a, spa- is a, is yeah. a fickle beast. Yeah, not but always It's best. a fickle beast. It, no, it is. But Certainly I, on, I, on, 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 a, um, on, a, on an airline that rhymes with United. Sh- <laughs> United. Not, not Schmidt Schm- Blue. Schmumited. Schmumited. Yeah. Schmumited. Yeah, it's pretty spotty. Schmumited no, Wi-Fi I'm is really big. Like, look. It, dicey. Almost doesn't exist. I say, yes. I tell them, look, I'm traveling that day. I don't. I might not be able to be reached. I don't know. We'll mm. wait and see. And out of office. We'll wait and see. If you will. Your wife's <laughs> too smart bit. for that. Your wife is oh, no, no, way no, no, too no. smart Oh, no, no, no. This isn't my... I don't say that to my wife. She knows no. better. <laughs> She does that. You're talking to everybody else I'm talking to in everybody the world. Else. I'm talking to everybody else. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, know. you can't. I mean, I'm not sure if I could do that. Uh, I'm traveling. I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure. Can't give away all I'll the secrets here, man. That That's the whole the thing too. My, my uh, the the thing that drives me crazy, and you did it last week, Law. Oh. The out of office message of people saying that. I'm out of the office and have limited access to email. Yes. Now you Where have got you to you were be. So limited? Where were you? I was you in Tahoe. You have got to be. Where it is? Me. Spotty. You have got to be. <laughs> me. Yeah, but you always have. Like, I'll, I'll, hold on a minute. How do you not Red have Edwards access to email? How, how limited are access you, to email? Have you ever been to Tahoe? You go in and out of cell phone zones when you're on a mountain. You certainly don't get it. Plus, when you're on the slopes, you're not pulling out your phone. You know, I'm not checking. Brockman, help me here. It's intermittent. And all, in all seriousness, it's 2014. It everybody, is. Everybody has an iPhone, a smartphone, or a BlackBerry. And you have all of your email accounts synced. Immediately you, to the palm of you your You probably hand. get pop-ups that tell you when you get a new Only email. Only from certain people I, Who I have in this world in 2014, unless you are purposefully not on email at all in your life? Uh, I will say this. I'm going to cut you short here. In Canada, yes, <laughs> I had to, and this is true. You had limited access. To I you. had limited access, yeah, because there, uh, with the data roaming, I mean, it would have. Uh, uh, the first phone bill that I was there was like, a re- I'm not even going to say how much it was because it's embarrassing. Okay. So I said, okay, for the rest of the job, I can't have the data roaming on, and that was even with a, a, a Canadian like international call-in plant. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. uh, 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 so I, uh, I didn't have the emails, and I lived solely. Wi-Fi to Wi-Fi. Can you pull up your out-of-office that which, you put up that one which, day? Because oh, that makes sense. Rich put up an out-of-office. Yes. I think purely in spite of me. Well, that oh, makes that really? was, I'm no, out of the it. office, but I certainly have that. Yes, hold on, on a second. Well, that makes sense because when Law went to Tahoe, he tweeted to me and Rich, Canada, here I come. Guys <laughs> 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 got jokes. So that, so that makes sense. Guys got here, jokes. I, I will do that, yes, because I, I decided to strike a blow. 
I feel I like it was to, directed directly it at me. It was not. It was, it was directed to everybody. I don't know how to, how does this work on this new uh, fangled thing here. Hold on a minute. Hold on. Uh, I, and they, they changed the new. They changed, I, they I, I sound like such an old man. How do I? Where is the out of office assistant on this thing? <laughs> where do I find it? I feel I sound like such an old man. I can't. Seriously, they change. They update this stuff every two minutes. It's a new version of Outlook. Yeah. Yeah, it's a new version of Outlook. I used to be able to find it. Well, uh, anyway, it was. I'll, I'll look for it and see if I can forward it to you. Yeah, do it. Please do it, because I don't even know how to do it anymore. I decided to strike a blow to figure out on, on how to deal with people who send this stuff to me all the time. Basically, if you could verbally send a middle finger to everyone, I think Did that's I do what that? you were doing. No, I didn't. <laughs> I wouldn't view it as that way. But I don't even know how to do this anymore. Seriously, I could I sound older? Help me out here, Colin. Uh, do I sound any older right now? Well, it'll, it'll, it'll say you've got mail when it pops up. That's it's dial-up, right? That's how it goes. Yeah, just yeah. If I just could the... find the, the freaking out-of-office assistant, any from I would be able to. I'd be able to see it. Oh, anyway. Um, so very good. Oh, do we want to close the show with Colin here yeah, and a- do the? Absolutely. Um, Let's because do it. here I'm going to play back something we asked listeners. Well, these guys got on my case for not having a new show open for a while. Understandably so, but I was in between traveling and some other work functions so we asked listeners to submit Tahoe. their own opens and keep it under a minute and we would play back our favorites and then select one to be the new open of the oh, show nice. so a lot of a lot of your uh your uh stepdad game got I, into them. oh nice some of seinfeld some other stuff so i found it you want me to read oh you found the out of office yeah, send it want... to me because it's got to be in my voice okay all right hold on, hold on. yeah i want to hear it in please do <laughs> This to me was I was I sent you an email and this thing shot back to me. I got was, a lot of I got a lot is. of responses <laughs> from is. people who were like, This is this this is the greatest thing of all time. You ready? Here it Do is. I got a bleep, I might have to bleep. No, uh, no, 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 no bleeps, but it's what pretty is, it's pretty great. Here's what I here is my automatic reply. Okay. Uh, during the here this was um in February. I am out of the office on personal time, and then the NFL scouting combine from Monday 217 through Tuesday 225, and I have unfettered access to email. Repeat, I absolutely am getting email. You see, I respect this process way too much to shine you off with the usual limited access to email line. I mean, really. It's 2014. Who doesn't have an iPhone or a smartphone or even a BlackBerry that immediately puts an email inbox in the palm of your hand? Am I right? So if I don't get back to you right away, it's because I'm relaxing or chasing kids around or I'm on the Indianapolis set for eight straight hours trying my best to make grown men in spandex running in straight lines or around cones not only informative but entertaining. Or I'm breaking six seconds running a 40-yard dash in my suit, which turned out to be true. 5.98. Or to be even more refreshingly honest, I'm just not moved to respond at the moment. I like your honesty. Other than that, I plan on getting back to you in a timely fashion because I am most definitely getting email. That was my <laughs> That was my out of office. I forwarded message. that to Brockman right away and I'm like, read this. <laughs> Pretty great. And I plan on that will be when I go to the draft. That might have been a walk off. When I go to the draft, solid. done, I'm just gonna change the dates and then figure out how to change the whole combine stuff. Come on, seriously. 
It's 2014. Who is like gets? Uh, uh, but you point out to me there is a little loophole in my theory. There is. Well, there is a small loophole. Well, well you're not. We're not going loophole. to Canada anytime soon. Tra- right? If you're traveling abroad, that's true. If you're starring in Fargo, just shooting your shows <laughs> in the middle of nowhere, you travel abroad. By the way, Odenkirk. I mean, you got to be kidding me. Oliver Platt, Oliver Billy Platt, Bob Thornton. Billy Bob Thornton. Platt's great. Adam he's, Goldberg. He's so Oliver stuff. Platt is great. Yeah, everything. The everything. C word or the uh, the C word he was in yeah. the big C, the big, big C. C. Yeah, the C word. Yeah. I don't think that got greenlit. Yeah, that was <laughs> <laughs> that the C word. Richard Collins high five. Let's go, <laughs> Colin, <laughs> Colin. Let's go. Let's go around town pitching the C word. Starring Done. Bobby Cannavale. Done. The Done. L word. The big Done. C, you know, come on. Dude, the C Come on. You got a green light for me. My latex salesman <laughs> is on fire. Yep. <laughs> All right, so to these closes. Okay, let's um, get to them. Let's yeah, close yeah, the yeah, show. Let's get to them. So, yeah. Here, here's because, a little... because, because Law was too busy pitching the C word around town. <laughs> Here's a little uh, taste of how it all came about. This one's from uh, Ian Stewart. This really isn't a contender for the Open, but this kind of gives you a little idea of some of the ribbings we all got all right. on this. So here, this is from uh, Ian Stewart. Well, let, let's get down to the what everyone's talking about, Rich, this Open contest. What you should do is, if you want to join the contest, uh, create your Open. What do you mean? That is part of Chris Law's job description. How busy is Chris Law? He's busy, I'll okay. tell you. Busy Very enough busy. that he can't do a new Open for the show? If we can only get you out of your meetings and your 18-hour review sessions with management, <laughs> we could have a kick-ass Open every week. There is a site survey next week in New York. Too. Is there really? Oh, a site survey. Site survey, everybody. Site survey says have a listener open competition and then have that be the new open. That's a winner. Everybody who's out there, put an open together and we'll start using yours. Send it to what's the address? Uh, the Eisen Podcast at gmail.com. Can you close your Microsoft a little, Outlook? Which, Nobody's getting on. you to a meeting. No, hold on a minute. You have no, no site surveys. <laughs> There's a backstory, Richard. Hold on. I'm, Rich is standing. I will personally tell Mark Brady to stop emailing you. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us. Uh, so that kind of gives you a little bit of backstory. Wow. Not, not, no, but also tell them the backstory of why we're hearing the, uh, the Microsoft Outlook. <laughs> Okay, Email so whistle. in week two of this listener opening contest, we realized that most listeners didn't have our underbed of music to, to play on yes. our show open. So Brockman and I hosted while Rich was out of town one week, and uh, I played the underbed clean. It's about 65 seconds long. Yeah. And about 45 seconds into playing said clean one, <laughs> an email notification came in, and so, we never played it clean for any listeners. So every single listener open that you hear it, uh, will have that. <laughs> Yeah, but because this late tech salesman and my and my supposed safety net in Brockman didn't replay the music bet again. Wow! They just decided to just let let that one out there. The good news is is that he did get that email. (laughs) He He got that one. He has unfettered Uh, access to email. Yes, got that email. Correct. That works. So wait, so is it uh, so? So people are coming up with intros for for every episode, for, or is this like so? What you one we're going to play for about four months straight. Gotcha. We'll keep Dude, it. And then yeah. Four months, two months. No, we're good. come on. We, we got, got a rotation. We've got a bunch. There's of a nice them. amount. We've already played one to open the show today, and then play play the other one from last week that we that made the cut before we play about five. This more is for the Colin one from here. two weeks ago that made the cut. Okay. I'm going to bring back this one because this one was good. This was from, from our, our friend in uh, Spain, uh, Charles Diego. 
So it's by, from, this by is the way, your guys' email address you you can get like an NFL.com on that one. I don't know. Yeah, we just go. didn't. We just that has to go through departments. Yeah, that's that, just, just, yeah. Yeah, at that point in legal. Right there, we just assumed there was the answer would be no. Yeah. <laughs> so we just wanted, <laughs> you know, we just yeah, we, we, we just stipulated the answer is going to be no. We'll get a Gmail. That's exactly. What we did. Nah, let's keep the IT guys out. of Rain this. Wilson here on the Rich Eisen podcast. Ooh. How are you? You know, I you know what my Microsoft reminder is? What is it? Paul Allen freaking calls me on the phone to remind me. <laughs> Back on the Rich Eisen podcast, Dennis Miller. This has come to the fore because of the Welker punt that wasn't fielded and obviously the muff that led to the field goal. Is that that's called the Peter play. Free love days when Peter and muff in the same set. Completely different. Joel McHale is going to be on this show. I was supposed to be in studio and uh, I'm not. I'm in my car. Hi, I'm going to the Rich Eisen uh Johnny Knoxville, you know Jared, right? Yeah, I love Jared Allen. The the idea was to catch a pass over the middle and him just run at me. And uh, he really hits hard. (laughs) Pleased to be joined by the cast of Anchorman 2. Good to see you, Richard. I have here actual Super Bowl ring. They're very delicate. Yeah, they are. And I think this one has a chocolate center. Don't be afraid to laugh, people. (laughs) Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us. I'm Richard Eisen. So there you go. There's your open right there. That's one of those opens. So, 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 so there you go. I dig it. Sorry, I put the I put the microphone away to take a drink of water, and then I forgot to put it back. Okay, it happens. I like this. So there's there's uh, that was from. Those are user listener Charles from Spain. This okay. one came in last so, week. This was from, another so now, so now, now we've got. Let's not. We, we don't need last ones, week right? now. Let's play some new ones so we okay. could choose one and then we could get Colin on his way here. Let's do it. This one came in from uh, Casey uh, Weirick. How many we got? We got three. We got four. Okay. We'll go with four of them here. You tell on. You tell us which one you like best. Okay. Rule to have on the Rich Eisen podcast. Bruce Dern. Well, Hitch was so wide, he couldn't get in an ordinary chair. So when he'd sit down in it, when he got up, the whole chair came with him. And he would always turn to me and he said, a hand, please, Bruce. And I'd have to pull the legs off his butt. It is Timothy Oliphant. You know, I had hoop on the head and I had... Um, I had sucker and I had all the. So. That's the new record, by the way, for Bleak. He just beat Bobby Cannavale. Just the way my mother raised me. <laughs> Pleased to have on the Rich Eisen Super Bowl special, Jerry Seinfeld. They were trying to explain to him what I do. And I said, just imagine your job is you go into class and you stand up in front of the kids and you make a fart sound and everybody gives you a quarter. Pat McAfee of the Indianapolis Colts. Let's talk about this car you rolled up in today. Like bright candy apple red, cor- convertible Corvette. Convertible Corvette. Top down? Don't know how to put the top down, Rich. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't even know how to turn the thing off the first day I had it. It's like a push button. Were you cruising around Hermosa in that thing? Oh, I heard that, boss. All right. All go. right. Did you like that one? That was all right. Okay. That was a little, uh, it sort of... Uh, meandered a bit. It meandered a bit. Okay. Law. Next one. All right, next one, because I sidebarred a couple of these, but we'll go with this one. This one's from Gabriella. Essentially, the king of New York himself, Jerry Seinfeld on the Rich Eisen Super Bowl podcast. I think it's very tough for a green team to win. <laughs> Back to the palette again. I love the color. Let's okay. not kid each other. Let's not kid ourselves. Okay. This whole thing, your whole life. Yes. Let me tell you what's driving it, Please. in case you haven't noticed, okay. which you may not. It's the colors. 
<laughs> the things you find out on the Rich Eisen podcast. That's how we roll. That's how we do our jobs. Hi, I'm going to the Rich Eisen. Uh, Rich Eisen works here, right? Okay. Uh, thank you. Joel McCain. We have a special guest on the show this week, Vince Gilligan, the creator of Breaking Bad, all four stars of Anchorman 2, Will Ferrell, Steve Carell, Paul Rudd, David Koechner, sitting down together. Man, that was awesome. John Stewart's next. That's the next White Whale. I don't know if we're going to be able to pull that one off. I'll tweet out my prediction. All right. A little different. That's different. A little different. Was, I uh, thought you listened to these. I beforehand. did. That was that was Gabriella from Spain. Well, okay. I, I, we we're going to do five of them. So I... can we just hold on? Steve Carell. Is that huh? Who's Steve Carell? Yeah. I know who Steve Carroll is. Huh. Uh, Carell? Huh? Carell? Uh, well, I mean, what did I say? Steve, Steve Carell? Did, did I say Carell? It sounded like Carell. No. Steve Carell? Did Carrell? I say? I never said Steve Carell. Oh no! Wait, wait, wait. It was. It was from Spain, so there was an accent ah, on it. Ah, very well done. I <laughs> like it. Let's uh, do two more, Law. Okay, perfect. Choose two more. Yeah, th- this one is the good I'm one all... from last week that everybody loves, so I want to play it for him okay. and see his thoughts on it. Okay. This is from Washington, Chad? Oh, the comedians? Is yeah, the comedians This one? is uh, Chris, Chad's buddy. Okay. Jerry Seinfeld, good to see you. So it's the New York Super Bowl as far as is. you're concerned. Where are we now? We're in New York City. But the game itself is in New Jersey. The teams play in New Jersey, Jerry. That's the no issue No one they cares. <laughs> no one cares. No. Colin Hanks, good to see you, sir. Pete Carroll, he's the kind of stepdad you dream about. Mm. He's the kind of stepdad's like, hey, man, want to watch a movie with some titties in it? <laughs> Will Ferrell, Steve Carell, Dave Koechner. Carell. All right. Could you write a comedy sketch for Bill Belichick? This is Ian Malik. It's great to be here in New York, hosting Saturday Night Live. We got a great show tonight. Musical guest, Soundgarden. <laughs> Bruce Dern, Jack Youngblood. Bruce, you need to write a book. I did write. I wrote one that was out six years ago. Where were you, prick? Why didn't you buy it? <laughs> Adam Carolla here in studio. A lot of guys Bye. have lower back pain. I have upper sack. <laughs> And that's because of rich eyes. There you go. Hello, everyone. All right, that's a good one. That's a, that you one, like that one's one? all right. That one's all right. That I like that one. That one's pretty you're solid. In it. I'm in it. By the way, the, you you were in like 80% of these. Yeah, you were in a ton of them. The, oh, wow. People love the stuff. People, lo- tough, people love that episode. Okay. Got one th- last one. This one has uh, Make it good some law. of the similar ones. It does have a, a different Vince Gilligan one in it that I think we'll, we'll all, hopefully. Okay. Like, this is from uh, Jason Strachan, uh, Jason in Wisconsin. All right. Wisconsin, Jason. And it's got to open the browser. Thrilled to have on the Rich Eisen podcast, Bruce Dern. Jack Youngblood is now joining us. Bruce, you need to write a book. I did write. I wrote one that was out six years ago. Where were you, prick? Why didn't you buy it? (laughs) (laughs) Colin Hanks. Whenever they cut to the coach, we talk about what kind of stepfather that head coach is. Harbaugh is the one that in one second, he's talking to you. Hey, man, what's up? What you doing? No, not much. I'm just thinking about you. are what? <laughs> he is Jerry Seinfeld. My youngest is eight. He had some friends over this weekend. They were trying to explain to him what I do. And I said, just imagine your job is you go into class and you stand up in front of the kids and you make a fart sound and everybody gives you a quarter. They go, that's my job. <laughs> Sitting here in studio, Vince Gilligan, there is one loose end that you did not tie oh, up. Okay. okay. Oh, I know what it is. Yeah. It's Huel. I think Huel could be anywhere you want him. Huel is a state of mind, really. <laughs> <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha!
Hell ever one. That's right. the best one. That's it. That's the best one. I would say. There you go. I would. Th- I would say that's the heels best a one. state of mind. Heels state of mind. It's, it's really good. It ends solid. It's really good. It's tight. So it doesn't ramble like the other ones. I love the when when Bruce Dern called Jack Youngblood prick. <laughs> I mean, where were you? Where, where were you? you? Yeah, yeah, seriously. And he throws it down so quickly. I know. So quickly. I know. So quickly. Where mm-hmm. were you, prick? That's right. <laughs> and that's Jack Youngblood, by the way, on the business end of that. Yeah, right? I mean. Jack friggin' Youngblood. All right, so that's the winner? I think that's Who the is winner. that? That was Jason Strachan from Wisconsin. From Wisconsin. With All right. Hewell's a state of mind. I forgot about that line. That was a that's great, a great line. line. Okay, so we like that one. And then the two from the previous show, the two Wisconsin friends. Yep. You can't have one without the Chris other. Chris Fry and Chad. Yep. They Thank you. You've, you've, uh, you've, you've. Congratulations, Chris Law. You do, you have less work to do. Now. I know. This turned out to be for more a little work. bit longer. <laughs> but it was turned fun. out to be more. Work. Which, which, which would you rather be doing? Only you would complain about. Voting. I'm not complaining. I think it's great. <laughs> would you rather cut a new opening oh, or v- have to go through and listen to all of the different? You know, well, I did cut an open as well, but I, I, we wanted to leave this for the winners. Brockman, you fell through on yours, weren't you? Going to cut an open. He's got other jobs. I have an actual job here. Oh, boy. (laughs) Wow. Uh, Colin Hanks, I cannot wait to see uh, the next uh, 10 Tuesdays unfold on FX at 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Fargo, please see it. I can't wait. And you're awesome. Thanks for coming in. Oh, buddy, thank you. And say hi to your lovely wife for me. I will. And I hope, you know, she listens to that segment of the podcast with... uh, um, no, she'll be. She's not allowed to listen to podcasts. <laughs> no, Al Bundy, no not man allowed. Come on, not allowed, honey. Good to see you. Good to see At you. At Colin friend. Hanks is how you follow him on uh, both um, Twitter and Instagram. That's right. And Instagram. I kicked off the fakes. And uh, thanks to uh, Marlon Wayans at Marlon Wayans for coming and see a haunted house too at a theater near you coming out this weekend. Also want to thank uh, Daniel Jeremiah at Move the Sticks and uh, Bucky Brooks at Bucky Brooks coming in talking about the draft. Absolutely. And um, we'll see you uh, at Chris Law and at Chris Brockman on the next episode with Les Need is going to be on it. We need to book nice. more people. We got to book more people. Can you get on that, Chris Law? Yeah, we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have a little bit more draft, and I think Charles Davis might be joining ah. us next week or, as well. Or okay. you know, just open it up to you know, have book the show. You know, make it a contest. Make it a contest. That's what <laughs> we should not? do. Next. Everything's a Anyone contest. Anyone walking down Culver City on yeah. Tuesday, email me just your come connections and, and let me know who you can get on the show. You win. Everybody you gets win. a guest. Like you Oprah. get a spot. You get a spot. All right, guys. The music is fading up. We'll see you next time. I'm at Rich Eisen for at the Eisen Podcast. Stay listening, dear friends.